Welcome, Magic fans, to East-West Rapcast. It's been a while. We apologize for that. And I say we because Jeff is back on the podcast. I'm back. Jeff, I'm back. He's back. And I guess I didn't say what my name was. I'm Greg. I'm your other host. Uh, and today, we're going to say goodbye to M13, and we're going to say hello in kind of a randy way to return to Ravnica. A rant? Uh, yeah, you know, like Austin Powers, Randy, oh man, that might date me wow. really bad right there. I couldn't think of like another movie that used the word Randy in it. Can you? Uh, South Park has a character named Randy. Yeah, but not in like the <laughs> like titillated horny way. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the Walmart episode where he puts his nipple up against the glass? Cause... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh boy. Off topic yeah. to start. All right. So, first of all, M13, it was fun. Jeff, did you ever draft it? Once, yes. Once. Did you like it? Yeah. It was it was cool. It was the best core set probably ever to draft. For draft. Yes. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And with that said, I, we were talking before the podcast, I think I... Could have drafted it ten times and been totally satisfied. And I don't know exactly how many times I drafted it, but it wasn't nearly as many times as I would have for a normal expert level set. Right? Mm-hmm. Do they even do that anymore? Do they do expert level? No. They don't. I don't they give so. a, that's probably good. Anyway, like M13 was awesome. Like the archetypes, the card interactions were all very much they didn't feel corsetti but at the same time it was just the level of complexity was just that one rung below something like a return to ravnica or an innistrad and i feel like i got everything i could out of it in fewer drafts but with that said kudos to wizard what an awesome corset i hope that they make it even better with m14 uh that's all I really had to say about it. Just that, I mean, I, I liked it. It was great, but I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Is, I, I kind of th- miss them, like, naming their core sets. Like, they had. What do, what do you mean? Like, remember Revise and Limited? It's cool shit. I like yeah. names. That I mean, I feel like that was more of a uh, kind of compendium set, too, though. That was when they were. I know. I guess no. Revised didn't take that many cards from older other sets, did it? Yeah, it took a few. It took quite a few from uh, from like legends and antiquities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I understand why they don't, but I like calling sets by names other than a letter followed by numbers. I think I like the numbering system more, to be honest. Uh, That's poo. You're poo. Oh, fine. You know what I want to talk about right now? What's that? Return to Ravnica. We're going to go through the spoiler. Hell yeah. The spoiler we're using is MTG Salvation. We would use the Mothership's official spoiler, but the Salvation site has a few extra cards, and we want to talk about as many of them as we can. We're not really going to focus on commons and uncommons, because... oh. That might be a phone call. Hold on one second. <laughs> We're keeping this. Hey, uh, podcasting. What's up? <laughs> oh, we have well, we have a caller calling into the show. 
Vanilla. And hopefully they have a question about Angel of Serenity, because that's the first card we're going to talk about. Um, Anyway, as I was saying... I'm getting vanilla yogurt, by the way. Vanilla yogurt? Yeah, I'm excited. All right, well, I hope that's code word for talking about some vanilla creature coming up, but... uh, I talked through your phone call, by the way. Oh, nice. Sorry. So if you want, if we want, you can listen to it. If you want to keep it, we can. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got the spoiler up, and not a whole lot of commons and uncommons have been spoiled yet. So we're going to talk about basically everything. We're not going to be necessarily. I mean, we're going to talk about every card in the scope of limited, but we're not going to avoid the rares and mythic rares to stay more limited-centric, if that makes sense. Jeff, are you cool with that? I'm cool with it. All right. Let's start off. Let's just go Wooberg. It's easier for me to scroll down than to scroll sideways and up and down. So, Angel of Serenity? Angel of Serenity, Mythic Rare. Four colorless, three white. It's a lot of mana for a 5-6 flying. Angel. Angel. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile up to three other target creatures from the battlefield or creature cards from graveyards. When it leaves, put those back into their owner's hands. Oh, okay. Uh, Ridiculous bomb, but it costs seven. Yeah, it's a weird kind of reanimation slash removal spell or bounce spell. Yeah, I I love the fact that you can be like, exile your creature and, you know, two creatures from my graveyard. Like, kill my yeah. guy, I dare you. I know, it's then, well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, seems how you ridiculous, could, but... Right, you could get guys, if it if the angel does die, you get dudes back from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you restock your hand with one or two dudes, <laughs> and all the time that the angel was out of play... I mean, it's not like an O-Ring, where when it dies, their creature just comes back onto the battlefield. It goes back to their hand, which is a pretty big tempo hit. Oh, yeah, totally. And if you do that, if you do that to two or three of their creatures, then it's... that's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, the thing I love about it, like compared to other FTK creatures, um, is that they don't require to have a creature out for you to play it. Like... Uh, a good example, or somewhat recent example, is like Sunblast Angel. It'd often be sitting in my hand. I'm like, I really want a 4-5 flyer right now, but god damn it, I want to get value out of it. And just like painful to play it as just a 6-mana 4-5 flyer. Where this, you play it, and no matter what, something, something great's happening. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty sweet. Uh, I want to talk about the mana cost a little bit, and I, I want to segue this into a discussion afterwards. Like, triple white is pretty prohibitive. Yeah. And it's going to be especially prohibitive because we're talking about a multicolored set here. Now, since we've been doing this podcast, we haven't drafted or we haven't talked about drafting a multicolored set. The last multicolored set we had was Shards of Alara, that whole block. And for anybody who's kind of newer to Magic and doesn't have as much experience in a multicolored set, triple of one color is almost worse than, like, one of each of three different colors. Absolutely. Like, if this cost four white, blue, green, it'd probably be easier to cast in this type of a format because the way that the set is shaped encourages you to play 
three or four colors sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I, th- I don't know. I, I'm guessing that this set will be a little bit slow, because it is multicolor. They tend, tend to be slow. So I I will guess that it's still a bomb that will make decks. But Sure, I'm not arguing that. And by the time you get to seven mana, it's a lot easier to have triple white. Yeah. And especially if you if that's go in here. Yeah, if that's your plan, you're going to build your deck to... You're going to tailor your deck to take advantage of Angel of Serenity. Yeah. But with that said, if... There's a card like this, but there's also a really powerful uncommon that only costs a single color. It might you might be better off only committing to one color with your first pick. Sometimes I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out. We won't know until we see all of the cards and play with all of the cards. Yes, but it also, in my mind, I could see this card not being a first pick every time. Oh yeah, uh, I think that it. I mean, seven mana is a lot in general. So even in a slow format, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far I don't think we've seen much ramp, so... No. Now, we've... I mean, we're talking about... We've, we're one card in, but I already want to ask you kind of an abstract question. Mm-hmm. Now, you say you think this will be a slow format, and that very well might be the case. Do you think there's such a thing as a slow format anymore, though? Yeah, not not like it used to be, no. Because I feel like Magic players in general have learned that even if the most powerful effects are things that you can be doing on turns 5, 6, and 7, that a good curve, like good creatures from 1, 2, 3, and 4, will often trump any start that your opponent has, as long as the creatures are reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go 1-drop Grizzly Bear, 3-drop like Canyon Minotaur, you're, the chances of you winning that game are pretty legitimate yeah in most in most formats i've noticed and i don't really know if there's such a thing as a slow format anymore just because i think as magic players we've evolved to this place where we know how to draft tempo decks right Do you agree or disagree with that statement i definitely agree uh i mean you can tell the fact that tempo is the new like king of limited because of the fact that unsummon keeps getting reprinted and before, I remember Unsummon being one of those, like, sideboard cards. It does not sit in sideboards anymore. That card is a playable card in every format, you know? Right. And just the, yeah, tempo is, like, so damn important. And, yeah, I think everybody's realizing it, and it's turned every set into a faster set than previously in pretty much all formats. Okay. Um, I want to go back to multicolor real quick, because I actually meant to discuss this a little bit before we jumped into the cards. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest difference for you, Jeff, between drafting uh, a normal, quote-unquote, magic set and a multicolor set? There's the obvious big difference, which is uh, fixing becomes another piece, like a major piece of the puzzle, like, like as major as removal. Yeah, it's so like it's another card you, type that kind of doesn't exist in other sets, and it's very prevalent in this kind. So if you like, think of drafting in terms of that acronym. What was it? Bread, B R E A T, something. Bombs, removal, evasion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're gonna have to throw an F into that, so like burfed or something like that. I don't know. I mean, and sometimes fixing is more important than. I mean, depending on the set. Right. Yeah. Like it could be brief ad. It could be. 
F bread, you know, <laughs> the F bread. F that bread. was that uh, sounds... shards of Alara for me. Was F bread. Sh- shards of Alara? <laughs> F bread. I just I don't know. As, as I heard F something, and I got my mind just went to really bad places. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that's something else we need to think about is if we see cards that fix your mana, whether they be lands that tap for multiple colors, or they be cards that fetch out lands, or creatures that produce mana of any color. Those are cards you're going to need to prioritize, and I wanted to kind of mention that as we were going forward before we jumped into all these cards. Because we all, always in the back of our mind, we need to be thinking about how does this affect our mana, and is this fixing? And if it's fixing, it, it jumps up a, a rung or two on the power level. Yeah, I, I, know? I do have to say I'm extremely bummed that they did not reprint Bounce Lands. But, yeah, I kind of get it. I, but, I get it too, but it makes drafting like 400 times better. They might come back in the in the third set. God, I hope so. Don't rule that out. But I miss like I miss a like oh man, it, it will never have another Ravnica. But well, here's here's my speculation. They've shown that they're going to print the rare duels cycle. Yeah. The Shocklands. the Shocklands, and they've also shown that they're gonna we're gonna get to these cards, but they've shown that they're gonna print lands that are. What are the gates that tap for two colors? So they're going to have a cycle of each of those lands in Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash. Yep. And so they're going to have to have some sort of land that fixes mana in the third set. I I bet it's the bounce lands. Really? Yeah. That would be cool, but at the same time, I I want them in all three, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're going to get access to all of them in that last set if that happens. Because how how many are there? There are five of them? There are ten. There's... Or, yeah, ten of them, right? So, actually, that might be... Because that's a small set. That might be too many too common many cards, lands yeah. at... It's possible. Mm, yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Let's move on to the next card. Moving on. All right. Uh, Azorius Justicar Justicier? Justicier, yeah. Justicier. Earth. He's a human wizard. Costs two colorless and two white. It's an uncommon. He's a 2-2. Two, two. When the Justicier enters the battlefield, detain up to two target creatures your opponents control. Now, detain is the Azorius keyword, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. And what detain does, uh, there's reminder text on this guy. It says, until your next turn, those creatures can't attack or block, and their activated abilities cannot be activated. It's uh, an arrest for a turn. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it does two things. It stops them from blocking on the turn you play it and from attacking on the turn afterwards. So it's both aggressive and defensive. So the first thing that I think of when I see this card is getting tricky with my opponents in a race, thinking, well, if he had a detained creature, he would have played it pre-combat so that I wouldn't block. Right. And then after you get in there, right, after your opponent decides, okay, well, then I'll just race. Post-combat, you play this guy and say, like, your guy's detained. Yeah, that's a pretty co- cool idea. But at the same time, if that if you're doing that, it might just be more correct just to detain it anyway. That's true. <laughs> just, just so they don't block, like they absolutely don't block. It might just be just unless, good in a race that way. Yeah, unless you want them to to trade off something somewhere. I don't know, it depends. But, but it feels like a very aggressive ability to me. Yeah, I mean... Like I say, it's both. It can go in both style of decks, which makes me love it. And turning off activated abilities is also subtly very cool. 
mm-hmm. especially because it does it on their turn as well. Yeah. And I don't know. What do you think of this keyword in general, though? Do you like it? Uh, yes, quite a bit. It's my second favorite, I think. Oh, uh, all right. Yep, yep. Keep going? Yeah, keep going. Eyes in the skies. This is uh, three colorless and a white for an instant. Put a 1-1 white bird creature token with flying onto the battlefield, then populate. This is the Selesnia keyword. Uh, populate says, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of a creature token you control. So essentially this creates two 1-1 white bird creature tokens for four at instant speed. Pretty cool. Or if you have a 3-3 beast token on the battlefield yeah. and you play this, yep. you can get a 1-1 flyer and a 3-3 beast. Yeah. It is important so. that it doesn't just, like, double the tokens or whatever. It, you make one extra token. That's it. But it lets you choose which token to populate. Yes. Whether it's a bird that you just made with Eyes in the Skies or some other token that you have sitting on the battlefield already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this, as it stands right now, like if you play this on an empty board and you get two one-one flyers for four mana at instant speed, is that worth it to you? It's worth it, but it's not amazing. It's like a, it's a bad, it's exactly what um, a bad midnight haunting, right? Yeah, and I mean it makes sense. This is a common midnight haunting was an uncommon. Mm-hmm. This has a little bit more upside in the sense that, like I said, you could get some other token. Yeah, but a bigger, a bigger token, a more impactful token. My guess is that your other tokens will either be the same or just one once on the ground, so you're probably just going to take a 1-1 flyer most yeah. times. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what the tokens the, end up being in the set? The thing about this mechanic that I don't really like is that it feels very linear. Mm-hmm. It feels like if you want to draft Selesnya, you have to really prioritize creature tokens. And I don't know... like. We haven't seen all the cards, so there's still plenty of token makers to be spoiled. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to necessarily just go all in on white-green creature tokens. Because, like you said, a card like this doesn't really carry a whole lot of water on its own. No, that's okay. It's only going to get really good if you are playing other cards that create better tokens. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I think that... Might be my least favorite keyword. But. I mean, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head right now. So, no. but I'm gonna say right now of the two that we've talked about, it's I, I like it a lot less than Detain. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, you want to go on to the next? Yeah, Fencing Ace. This is another uncommon. It's one and a white for a human soldier creature. He's a one-one, and he has double strike. French vanilla, uncommon. Like, do they ever print double strike at common? Pretty much never, right? No, I think that's one of their rules that okay. can be broken because all their rules can I, be broken. But yeah, I mean they'll break it eventually. But yeah. this guy seems pretty sweet. I mean, he's almost in almost always going to be better than a two one. Yeah, he's like a. I think because I think he's strictly better. I would say. Well, I mean the one instance. Oh, where I guess he's, no, he's not. Yeah. Not as if you have a prey upon, you know. Sure, sure. So. I mean, that's probably not the only one instance, but that's, like, one scenario I can imagine where you'd rather have a 2-1 than this guy. But with that said, in most cases, he's going to be better than a 2-1 because anything that with one toughness that interacts with this guy in combat is just going to die. Before it damages him. Yeah, before it damages him. Now, it's not necessarily always better than just a grizzly bear because it only has one toughness. Right. 
But I think it is better than a grizzly bear. <laughs> um, just the the upside is huge. So right, like if you get some sort of equipment or power boosting. Yeah, we've seen instant. There's or, some power boosting stuff in the set already that I've seen. So it's looking. I mean, with with that said, he's an uncommon. Do you think he's a very high pick? He still seems no. kind of like just a curve filler to me. Yeah, but uh, two drops have been known to be pretty important. So yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Let's keep going. Martial Law. Two colorless and two white for an enchantment. It is rare. At the beginning of your upkeep, detain target creature and opponent controls. So now this seems like a friggin' first pick to me if I ever oh, saw one. Absolutely, yeah. It's kind of like basically a, get, uh, you get to arrest their best creature every turn. Yeah. It is. It's an arrest that moves around. Yeah. So that means it's very good. <laughs> Now, the one thing you need to we need to remember is that this doesn't impact the board the turn you play it. So it's you take a bit of a tempo hit when you play this. This is true. You have to wait until your next turn before you get to detain anything. Mm-hmm. With that said, the the effect is so powerful. The fact that you get to arrest their best creature every turn that you're probably just good with playing it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't I wouldn't say that it's like better than an o-ring but it's good <laughs> i think it might be better than an o-ring ah, o-ring hits permanence and it happens immediately oh, okay okay yeah that's fair all right it's definitely better than than an arrest though yes i think it is better than an arrest and i don't think it's close no not really all right next card precinct captain another rare this is two white for first strike creature or let me well let me just start over this is precinct captain it's white white uh for a human soldier creature he's a 2-2 he has first strike and whenever precinct captain deals combat damage to a player put a 1-1 white soldier token onto the battlefield so here's a token generator this is what selesnia wants with that said he has to deal damage to your opponents to get those tokens and while a 2-2 first strike can usually attack profitably in the early game, it's not always going to be able to attack profitably later in the game. This feels just kind of like the beginning of your engine, where you, you drop this guy on turn two, and then you start getting in there, and you get at least one token, hopefully, that you can start populating with. Yeah. Right? The other Am thing I... is, white-white is yeah. fucking terrible in the gold yeah, set. Yeah, that might be a four-drop in this set. Yeah, it probably is. So, yeah, pull remember that when you're drafting it. I mean, we don't know for sh- we don't know for sure, but yeah, we talked about how triple white for Angel of Serenity might be an issue. Double white for Priest and Captain is even worse cuz you want to cast this card on turn 2. Yeah, it's good. It's good on turn latest. 2. It's it's solid on turn 3. It's probably pretty mediocre on turn 4. Right. I mean, it's not the worst on turn no, 4. No, two no, two no. first strike is okay. It's fine, but, but it's the whole the whole fact of the matter is, is yeah, we talked I talked about how you you want to be attacking with this as soon as possible just to get that token on the board. Because that's what the whole premise of Selesnya is built around, is that you're you're creating more tokens and more creatures than your opponent can deal with. Yeah, but it's a rare, and it's probably made for Constructed more than anything. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, All right. Rootborn Defenses is an instant, uh, two colorless and white. This is a common, uh, and it says, Populate creatures you control are indestructible this turn. Uh, kind of a mediocre trick that seems pretty bad to me. Well, the power level of it goes up very high, or, or like it, 
it ramps up real quick depending upon how many token generators you have. Yeah, and what kind like of if tokens you have, are generated. If you have a if you have a three three beast token on the battlefield, yeah, it's good. You get a three three at instant speed for three mana, and it's and all of your creatures, including that three three, are indestructible until end of turn. Like that's a pretty sweet combat trick. Absolutely, yes. Uh, probably better on defense than it is on offense. Mm-hmm. As far as like getting that extra blocker, like you're gonna you can blow people out with a card like this. Mm-hmm. But as you alluded to earlier with eyes in the skies, most of the tokens you're gonna get are probably just one ones. So yeah. that's why I yeah, don't love this card. But. This card seems mediocre, yeah. but in the, there will be a deck where this is gonna be insane. Yeah, but that's uh, that's cool about cards that suck. Right. There's a I, I, this is the card that mysteriously, quote unquote, made it into a a pack of M13. Oh, it is. I didn't know. Did that. you hear about this? No. Yeah. So, like somebody opened this up in a pack of M13, I think, and they saw the little symbol on it and that it had this keyword on it and the Selesnia stamp, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or watermark, I should say. Yeah. And so that's pretty sweet. But if you go to the Wizards' official spoiler, they still haven't like officially spoiled this card. Ah, gotcha. I thought that was kind of funny. Let's get into blue. Let's do it. And we're, we're going to start with Cyclonic Rift. Mm-hmm. It's an instant. It costs a colorless and a blue. It's a rare. It says, return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. And you're like, well, why is that card a rare? That sounds like a common to me. And the reason it's a rare is because it has another ability called Overload. This is the is it keyword. Overload, six colorless, and a single blue. And it says, you may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So, if you cast this for its vanilla cost, a colorless and a blue, you bounce a non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. If you overload it, you return each non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. So, while one-sided upheaval that doesn't hit lands, or I guess there's another word for that, a one-sided devastation tide, right? Yeah. That's pretty absurd. Yeah, I will say um, I hate this keyword. Now, <laughs> why? it seems awesome, like, and it is awesome. The reason I hate this keyword is it's a keyword made for rare cards, and I hate that. I want to see my keywords on my commons. They have it on some uncommons. I know, but it's not a common keyword, you know? I, I I just hate that. I It's like, I play limited, I see mostly commons when I play, and I want my special fun stuff on my commons. Damn it. They haven't spoiled this on a single common yet? Uh, no. I don't believe. I bet it's got to be on some common. Like, if it's the keyword for the guild, right? I Should be. don't know. It should be. I mean, I, it'll they'll the cards will suck. They must because it's just too powerful. It's like <laughs> such a blowout. Like, yeah, it's insane. But what about this card? What if I said there was a card that was a sorcery? It cost a single red. It says target creature cannot block this turn. Overload two colorless and a red. Card seems absurd. <laughs> Right. How is that absurd? It's, it's just not a, absurd. You're it's right. just a, fal- a, a falter. I mean, they can make it's... the overload more. They can make the overload cost four. Yeah, that that would make more sense, I think, before. But, yeah, no, totally. That would be a common. But that's a card they could print at common. All right. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that card. Yeah, okay, fine. 
they'll they'll print some <laughs> common overloads. But I mean, at the same time, not only does it like appear on more rares and stuff, but also it takes away like they they made a a bounce spell at rare. Like, are, does that mean we're not going to get our bounce spell at common? That'll be that'll that's a great suck. question. It's a great question. But anyway, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, Draft. With that said, yeah, this card seems really sweet. It's fucking ridiculously good. I don't know. The like, fact that it costs two, it, like, it has, like, the cheap the cheap cost is extremely good is hilarious to me. Yeah, it's playable on it's playable without its overload cost. I mean, it's not great. It's a bad boomerang. But, but it's cheaper. It's better. It's easier costed than a boomerang. Sure, but it can't. You can't like save your own things. It says you, that you don't control, so you have to be targeting your opponent's stuff with it. And it's not like an unsummon where somebody points a murder at your creature and you're like, "Oh, I'll just save my guy." Yeah, I didn't think so. It doesn't have that utility, which it, to me is a big deal. Yeah, it is. I kind of totally forgot. But but the upside of if you hit seven mana, just being able to bounce your <laughs> entire opponent's board back to their hand is just like, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna play this card. You know? Yeah, no, that's coming in. I mean, the amazing thing is the seven mana blowout spell. That is also a two mana. Like, if you can't get there, yeah. it's still a solid spell. That's fucking. And funny. both both instances of it are splashable, which is really important in yeah. a multicolored set. Anything with the single mana cost, it's gonna you're gonna be able to get like one off-color land or mana-fixing type God, effect an into your deck. too. Fuck. Yeah. All right. This card is a first pick all the way, I think. Super easy first pick. But Yeah, I, I mean, it remains to be seen, like, what other bomb uncommons and commons are going to be in a pack, but I, I kind of agree. This seems like an easy first pick, especially when you consider that one of the guilds is... Based on creature tokens, oh, and God. this is just, just just like, yeah, I'm just going to wrath your board. Yeah. I don't know, it's crazy. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Fairy Imposter. It's blue. It's a fairy rogue creature for two on flying. Uh, when Fairy Imposter enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you return another creature you control to its owner's hand. It's an uncommon as well. Uh, this kind of harkens back to the original Ravnica with that Drake. Was it Drake Familiar? Yeah, bounced an enchantment or an aura. Yeah, let me. Uh, I want to look that up. Make sure I'm saying the right card. I think you are. Um, Drake Familiar. Yep. Yeah. So that was a two-one flyer for two, and it went and entered the battlefield. You had to return an enchantment to its owner's hand. This card's better. Uh, returning creatures is probably easier. Also, there tend to be. I mean. Not necessarily in Rav- the original Ravnica, but in in most sets there are more enter the battlefield for creatures than anything else. So it could be this is be cool. this is not a turn one play though. Oh, obviously, yeah. You'll have to so, sacrifice it if you play it on turn one, unless you have a Mem Knight. <laughs> Which, know. if you have a Mem Knight in Return to Ravnica Limited, you're probably a cheater. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know yet. Nothing. Not everything's been spoiled. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, do you really... I don't know. I just... I don't think this guy's very good. No, no, no. I, I, I like him, though. I He'll be a fun card to to have. Like, if you're playing it, your deck's probably fucking a blast to play. Yeah, right? it's more... I mean, the more ETB effects you have, the better this card gets. Yeah. It's... With that said, it feels like a constructed card to me. It feels like it was designed for constructed. Yeah. I'm not totally sure about that. I, I just, I don't know. I think that this is an Archaeomancer of the set. 
Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's fair considering you only drafted M13 <laughs> once. Shut up. I watched it. <laughs> I birded a few drafts. Birded a few drafts. All right. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this no, card no. for me. I, I don't think it's that good. I mean, you'll play it, yeah, like you said, if the deck will support it. But let's talk about Jace. All right, Jace. Another mythic rare. Jace, Architect of Thought. Two colorless and two blue. And he starts with four loyalty. He has three abilities. The first is plus one. Until your next turn, whenever a creature or opponent, whenever a creature and opponent controls attacks, it gets minus one, minus zero until end of turn. So I kind of want to run through these one at a time. Okay. It protects himself from like a swarm of dudes yep. coming back at him, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Second ability, minus two. Reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates them into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library in any order. So, mini factor fiction for minus two. It's very mini, but yeah. Well, still, it's like it's if you want it to, it's always going to be a draw two. Yes. Or a draw so, one really relevant card. Yes, draw an important card, and having that option is great because. A lot of the times when, in this kind of, I want to talk about factor fiction now. A lot of the times when you would give your opponent that choice with a factor fiction or a Sphinx of Uthun, they may think that one card is super important and they'll put that in a smaller pile. But you, with more information based upon what's in your hand and what your like plan of attack is, may realize that maybe that card isn't as important as your opponent thinks. Totally. And and you'll just scoop up the two cards and just be like, ha, in your face, gotcha. You know? Yeah, I I think it's. Yeah, the, I mean, the great thing is when you flip two spells that are relevant, and then they're like, well, fuck, he's getting... What do I do? He's getting yeah. two cards, basically. And he gets the option. Yeah, or you could take yeah. the slightly better one card, but you'll probably take the two. But, uh, yeah, he's cool. Uh, well, hold on. Do we let's need get to talk to the third, about the last let's get, to the, let's get to the third ability. It says, for each player, search that player's library for a non-land card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. You may cast those cards without paying their mana costs. So, this is not especially relevant for limited. No, as which is where I'm, I'm sure you were going. Yeah, uh, who cares? Uh, it's it's a EDH ability. It's fucking awesome in EDH. Enjoy. Yeah. So, outside of EDH, the m- primary mode for this card is probably going to be cast chase. If I need to protect him, plus one him. Yeah. If not, Draw. mini factor fiction. And then plus. And, and then and, yeah. and repeat. Yeah. He's sweet, uh, just like all Jaces. I think he's probably the worst Jace printed yet for limited. Disagree. I think he's much better than the most recent one, the the milling one. What? Maybe not for limited, what? but I'm talking about limited only. Okay, sure. I, I'm talking. I was talking in the in in a vacuum. Like which card I would rather play in Magic? Like which card seems more powerful to me? This card is much more powerful. I but, don't play other types of magic. I know, neither do I, but I uh, I don't know. When you see Mythic Rares, you tend to not think of them in terms of limited all the time. Yeah, I guess. You think about, like, or, or me especially in a as a person who redrafts rares when I draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about which of these cards is going to have value. Like, yeah. When I think of a Planeswalker, I think, well, I want it to be good and limited and great and constructed so that I can play with it in my limited deck. And then hopefully win it in the in the rare draft. Yeah. And then sell it to buy more packs to draft with. You know. Totally. And I don't know. I th- but I do think this card is very very good. Just the ability to constantly be plussing it and shrinking your opponent's creatures. This week, I think yeah. is subtly very powerful and limited mm-hmm. in the sense that it's going to be very hard you, to kill you. 
Right. Usually when you drop a planeswalker, your opponent's immediate instinct is to kill the planeswalker, or else the planeswalker is going to take over the game. Now, this is not always a correct assessment of the board state, but it often is. Yeah. And the fact that, one, you're diverting all of your opponent's creatures to a, towards attacking Jace. You're also shrinking those creatures so that they're less effective. And even if they're not necessarily attacking Jace, they're attacking you with smaller creatures. Yeah. So it, it saves you a, a ton of life. It's almost, ton of life. it's almost like a, a mind fuck. Like, if you do it, your opponent's like, okay, well, fucking, I guess I have to attack Jace because if I don't, like, I'm never going to deal damage to the opponent. Like, eventually I have to kill Jace to actually end up being able to deal damage. Like, enough damage to matter. And so, like, maybe if you're fairly low and you're, like, shrinking three of their guys, like, really the correct play is probably still to keep attacking you. But this, Attacking the opponent, not yeah, the Planeswalker. Yeah, but, yes, correct. But they'll be so worried about this Planeswalker that they're just going to keep attacking him. Or the thing is, is I think in most situations, the play is probably going to be just to keep attacking the opponent if you have them like close to dying yeah. or whatever, in the sense that as long as you're making them plus one their chase, that means they're not turning on the Factor Fiction engine, which is good for you. Yeah. Although a savvy Jace player will understand, like, okay, he's not attacking my chase. I got a minus two it, yeah. I, I can start minus twoing him now. Yeah. Totally. I mean, the cool thing is, is, like, minus one, minus oh, like, it sounds, like, not that much, but it's a ton if you have stuff to block with, because, like, cards that would have traded now don't, and so that just stops them in their tracks. If you have anything to back up this chase, he's a, he's a house. Yeah. Anyway, Mythic Rare. You're only going to play against it and with it limited in once. Uh, narrow situations, but uh, let's keep going. Psychic Spiral. Yeah, this is an instant. Four colorless and a blue for an uncommon instant. Uh, shuffle all cards from your graveyard into your library. Target player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You get all your graveyard back, and then you mill your opponent for that many cards. Or mill yourself again, I guess. Or... Oh, damn, target player. Yeah. What? I... But why? Okay. I mean, what <laughs> if you do? It's like, ah, oh, shit, I don't have the right cards in my graveyard. Uh, try again. I don't know. It's just re- oh, it's a weird-ass card. I don't know. You know you know what this seems kind of cool in? And we're, we haven't gotten there yet because we haven't talked about black or green cards, but... On a splash in a Golgari deck with that with the new Golgari keyword, yeah. which involves creature cards in your graveyard and exiling them, mm-hmm. this card seems pretty sweet. You know, like yeah. if you have ten cards in your graveyard, mm-hmm. you play it and you get those cards back in your library shuffle, and then like you're gonna get ten new ones or some of the same ones maybe. Right. But at with with all of that said, the fact that you can do kind of cool fun things with this card. It seems like a bad limited card to me. Yeah. You know, because it, it doesn't impact the board. It doesn't actually draw you any cards or anything like that. It's just you're down a card when you play this. Yeah. And I I yeah. can't imagine many decks where I'd want this in my pile. Yeah, let's pass. Period. Let's pass on okay. this one. All right. Next one, Skyline Predator. Four colorless and two blue for an uncommon. It's a 3-4 Drake creature. He has flash and he has flying. So... A little bit of an upgrade on a fairy imposter. 
You pay an extra pay mana, an extra you get blue. an extra point of toughness. Again, the double blues. Not not thrilled about pay- paying that. I think I'd rather have a fairy imposter in this set, but you know. I think I'd rather have a fairy imposter in almost every set. Yeah. It's cheaper. It doesn't have double mana cost, and the the difference is one point of toughness. Yeah, not like I understand that Skyland Predator eats fairy imposters all day, but yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I pay an extra blue for plus O plus one. No thanks. Yeah. With, with that said, you're still going to run this card. Yes, solid. It's a solid flyer. It's a solid trick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're good. You, I mean, it's a it's a fine limited card. The art on it is pretty excellent too. I don't know if you can see that or not, Jeff. I did not click on it, but I can now. Oh yeah, that's sweet. So, anyway, flash creatures are always useful. You're pretty much always going to run this card unless you just have three other better six drops yeah, in your yeah. deck. So, speaking of six drops, better six drops, in fact. Sphinx of the Chimes. This is four colors and two blue. It is a rare five six creature Sphinx, flying. Discard two non-land cards with the same name. Draw four cards. Not coming up in limited. Almost ever. Yeah, I mean, somebody will do it. But yeah. this is... It's a 6 so mana 5-6 flying. Yeah, you play this card because it is a dragon and that's it. Mahamodi Jin, I believe. Yeah, actually, that's a name. better... Uh, it's actually yeah, literally the exact same card. <laughs> Except that with, with a, a small upside in limited. I mean, not that yeah, you're never gonna often going to have two non-land cards with the same name, draw four cards. Like, but they, it's like you're discarding two spells to draw four random cards. Maybe you needed those two spells. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, no, but I mean, it as, it's nice to have that option as the player, sure, you know? Sure, So, if you know you want those spells, you keep them. Mm-hmm. If you know you want to discard them and draw four other cards, you do that. Yeah, I think it's a pretty dumb ability, but whatever. It's cool. It's, well, it's, yeah, I guess it's, it's for limited. Or it's not for limited. It's, but, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a first pick. It's a giant flying monster. Yeah. Uh, next up is Stealer of Secrets. This is a human rogue creature. It costs two colors and a blue. It's a 2-2. Two, two. It's a common Whenever Stealer of Secrets steals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So they gave your Scroll Thief plus one, minus one, and stuck it in this set. I like it more than Scroll Thief. I think I like it less. Ah, damage. I like dealing damage. I like dealing damage, too, but I like drawing cards more with a, with a creature like this, and... The three toughness on Scroll Thief, I think, allowed you to get in more often than with this card. Although I guess the one no. power made it easier to block. So. Yeah, I I think that this will get in the same amount of times. I think it's much easier to kill. Uh, right. Okay, that's fair. Like there's and a lot I, of but I guess shocks it, that could be happening. I guess it trades with more stuff too, be having two power, which right. is good. Like Scroll Thief would often be like your guy that is like you have multiple guys. It's like fuck. Do I take the three damage or do I take the one damage and let him draw a card? You know. Yeah. But. I mean, he's a fine dude. It'll be interesting to see how many effects allow you to kind of push through damage with this guy. Yeah. If there are how many bounce spells we get at common, if any. Mm-hmm. How many falter effects and whatnot we see. I mean, this guy seems really good with white, with all that with detain. Yeah. Like detain is an ability that inherently allows you to get through with this because and their creatures you know? aren't going to be blocking. Detain is a white blue ability, so. So this guy might be a high pick or at least like a good middle pick. Yep. In drafts. Uh, next up is a reprint. Yeah, reprint, syncopate, X, blue, uncommon instant. Uh, counter target spell unless it's controller phase X. If it's countered, exile it instead. 
Uh, it's a bunch of poo. I mean, it's a decent counterspell. <sighs> it's okay. It's. I mean, I'd rather have this than a rewind. I'd rather have this than a... Rewind is terrible, though. I'd rather have this than an essence scatter or a negate, I think. Christ. <laughs> I'm, that is a number I don't recognize, so fuck that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you would rather have this than what? I think I'd rather have this than an essence scatter or a negate. I mean, it oh, counters anything. Essence scatter? So much better. I don't know, dude. I mean, typically those are cards you want to cast in the early game, and this card is fine in the early game. For two mana, you counter anything if they tap out. Yeah, so the two mana force spike? Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I, I I just, I'll I'll see it in my board, I think, quite a bit. Right, but I think you, I don't know, would see most counter spells in your board quite a bit. And I think this one's fine. I, I don't think this is a lot different. I mean, I think one factor that you're missing here, and one thing that might be a, a bit of a, an indicator that this is better than your typical counter spell, is that they're printing it at uncommon and not at common. True. All right. So... Maybe they know something I don't. Yeah, or maybe I know something that you don't. You know Jeff. nothing, Greg <laughs> Smith. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Black cards. Go for it. Dread Reveler. Dead Reveler. Try again. Dread <laughs> Deviler. Yeah. Red. Red Deviler. Red Dead <laughs> Deviler. Red. Red Dead, dead Revolver. Oh, dead Revolver. Okay. God. Dead Reveler. This is a creature zombie. He costs two colors and a black. He's a common. He's a 2-3. And he has Unleash. Yeah. This is the Radkos, or Rakdos, excuse me, <clears throat> keyword. And Unleash says, you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. It can't block as long as it has a plus one plus one counter on it. So when you cast this card, you have to make a choice. You're And you have two options. Option one is, I'm going to get a 2-3 for 3. Option two is, I'm going to get a 3-4 for 3 that can't block. That seems pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a very good card. Uh, Unleash is... It's both awesome and stupid, in my opinion, as a a mechanic. Uh, On a card like this, I think it's kind of stupid. Um, How often is it going to be a 2-3? Like, 3-4 can't block is so much better to me, but... Well, I mean, again, it's as the player, you have to decide which mode is more relevant right. in any given game state. So, I, I mean, I, there's a. Yes. There are a lot of games where you'll probably cast this as 2 3 because you want uh, to block. A lot of games? I think it's going to be 1 in 10. I think it's going to be more like 3 or 4 in 10. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but some, some Unleashed creatures, I think, are more likely to be cast without Unleash. But this. Really? This one, I don't know. Three mana, three four, unblockable is a fucking solid. Not card. unblockable. I mean, not not, that's not what I meant. Can't block. I, you know what I that's meant. Difference. Can't block, but it's a solid, solid card. Like, yeah, no, it's and, a very and a three card. mana two three is is generally let, let me, very mediocre. Let me put it this way: on turn three, you're almost always going to cast this and unleash it. Yes, absolutely. On turn seven, maybe not. Yeah, but you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Feel me, dog. I feel you, dog. Feel, feel my dog. I, I'm feeling he's, that dog. He's soft and warm and fuzzy. He's a sweet little dog. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is a common that is a solid common. Yeah, it's a solid creature. Yeah. I mean, we've learned from Riot Devils and from 
uh, what was that blue guy in, in Estrade, the, the one that milled a card every time a dude uh, died? Cultist? Yeah, Selhoff Occultist. Like, that a 2-3 three for 3 is a fine body in most formats. The fact that this is a 2-3 three for 3 with upside it seems sweet. I like this card a lot. Upside. I like this card, too. Uh, Desecration Demon, 2 colors, 2 black, rare. It's a 6-6 six, six demon flying. The beginning of each combat, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If a player does, tap Desecration Demon and put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So yeah, this is a first pick. <laughs> yes. That's ridiculous. But yeah, it's like, oh darn, my opponent has to or gets to kill his own creature to tap my guy. And make a picker. Yeah. It's like, what a drawback. Oh man. Four mana, six, six flying. Or, I mean, yeah, that's just... Either you're bashing with a 6-6 six, six or larger flyer, or, you're or your opponent is sacrificing yeah. a creature. So we, I, we should say that this doesn't seem especially good against Selesnia, because they, they will have a lot of little 1-1 one, one sure. creature tokens floating around. I am still willing to pay 4 to make 2 Abyss the turn, every turn. Yeah, no, for sure. This card is pretty bonkers. Yeah. And, I mean... I guess you can't expect just to win by attacking with this creature very often because most of the time they're just going to sacrifice a creature. Yeah. But with, with that said, that's if you think of this card more as an enchantment and less as a creature, more as the abyss. Yeah. Then I mean you'll see why it's good. The abyss you know? that when they run out of creatures you win. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a good card. All right. Next up is Grim Roustabout. And Grim Roustabout is one colorless and a black for a skeleton warrior creature. It's a common. He's a 1-1. He also has Unleash. So uh, and we should mention that Unleash is always the same for every creature. So you can have it be plus one, plus one larger, and it can't block if it has that counter. Yeah. Uh, this guy also has pay a colorless and a black to regenerate Grim Roustabout. Now, so, this is why Unleash is awesome. Yeah, Dead, you Dead can Reveler have... was the reason that I think it's mediocre. This is the reason I think it's awesome. So your two options with this card are I have a 1-1 Regenerator that can attack and block, or I have a 2-2 Regenerator that can only attack. Yeah, it's they're so different. Like, those two cards are so fucking different, it's amazing that it's on one card. See, I don't think they're that different. <laughs> what are you talking I... about? It's a Drudge oh, here... Skeleton or a Grizzly Bear. Those are so different. A regenerating grizzly bear, mind you. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is that it's it's either an attacker or it's in a block or it's a blocker. Yeah, you know? I'm just saying it goes in two completely different decks, right? Like the, yes. the control player gets his his drudge skeleton and the aggro player gets his grizzly bear. It's just awesome that that it's the same card. The, but that's what's great about this ability is that you don't have to choose when you're building your deck necessarily. Like, you can wait until you draw your opening seven and decide, well, Grim Roustabout in this game is going to be my 2-2 beater, Yeah. you know? Yeah. I love so, him. I love him. I think he's the yeah. coolest. <laughs> this is probably my favorite of the keywords we've talked about so far. Okay. And I don't think it's that close. Yeah, you'll see my favorite. It's probably shouldn't be, but it is. Anyway. Let's keep going. This card is good. I mean, let's. Yeah. Uh, Roustabout is is a fine creature, and just being able to ha- have a two two with regenerate, even if it can't block, like that's still fine. You're gonna you have the option of getting in there every turn with this, with the downside being that occasionally you might have to tap two mana. Yeah. 
So enemy two mana is not cheap, but it's reasonable. Mm-hmm. So all right, Necropolis Regent, three colorless and three black creature vampire mythic rare, six five flying. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. But it is three colorless, three black, which is brutal. Um, it's more of like an eight drop than a six drop. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it turns all of your creatures into super vampires is pretty absurd. spicy. Yeah, it's absurd. It's like, so if you connect once with the region, it becomes a 12 10. <laughs> yes. Or 12 11. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Me- and meanwhile, they'll, they'll be either chumping that or killing it at all costs. Yes. Now, if they can't do that right away, all your other creatures, if they get through, they get bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if you get through with your unleashed skeleton guy, he'll be a 4-4 regenerator if he gets if he connects. Yeah. It's, it's so, an obvious, ridiculous bomb. Yeah. It's a mythic rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's keep going. Uh, Ogre Jailbreaker is next. This is... Three colors and a black for a creature Ogre Rogue. That's kind of hard to say. It's like the Rural Juror. <laughs> it's a common. He's a 4-4. Four, four. So a 4-4 four, four for 4 is pretty sweet. So what's the downside? He has Defender. And he has another line of text that says, Ogre Jailbreaker can attack as though it did not have Defender as long as you control a gate. What's so a gate? We're going to get to gates. Gates are creatures or lands. So it'll have like creature type or land type gate sweet so there will be a gate deck and if you can draft the gate deck this guy will be very good because he's a four 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 yeah he... otherwise he's a defense only card i mean you might just play this guy if you have two gates in your deck because a four 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 defender isn't the worst no like that'll block basically anything yeah when you turn it on he's awesome and when you turn it on he's he's sweet yeah. so i don't think he's a high pick but no. he might be you never know I guess we'll find out. We will. All right. Pack Rat. Oh, Jeff loves rats. I actually fucking love this card. But uh, Colorless in a Black, (laughs) Creature Rat, he's rare. Uh, He's got the most awesome power and toughness of Star Star, like most rats should. Uh, Pack Rat's power (laughs) and toughness are each equal to the number of rats you control. Oh, this is feeling like some nostalgia. Two Colorless in a Black, discard a card, put a token onto the battlefield that's copy of Pack Rat. Hell yeah, I get Playgrats for days. Yeah, in case you didn't know this, listeners, Jeff was probably the biggest Playgrat fan I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Back in, in revised and fourth edition, when 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 I was a wee play- lad, yes. I had a rat deck, and it was my favorite deck. And so it's still probably my favorite constructed deck ever. <laughs> it was so uh, bad. <laughs> Now, this card is a mana cheaper than Plague Rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And straight, just, I, this is a strictly better situation, right? It's like, actually we don't, a good card. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you play this guy, he's a 1-1, assuming you don't have any other rats. I mean, again, this is constructed we're talking about. We're not talking about well, limited Well, it's yet. good and limited. I don't know if it's good and limited. Oh, How many other rats limited. do you think they're going to be? They don't, there doesn't need to be. All my lands are now rats. Yes. My dead cards are now creatures that give all my creatures plus one plus one. So good. I think this card's great. I, don't, I think it's good. I don't think it's like oh, it's a first pick necessarily. Great. I'm going to drop it on turn two, and then every turn after that, I'm playing rats for the rest of the game. <laughs> I do not doubt that, too. I can see you doing I that. I mean, the first, the, the, when you play the first one, 
that they can no longer get rid of that ability. They have two creatures they have to deal with with that ability. Man, I'm playing rats for the rest of the game. That's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. But I, I just think discarding a card is a steep price to pay. God. You know? Play rats all day. All right. Well, this I'm not going to be my. This is going to sh- be my. Uh, what is it? Uh, the forest. God damn it! I can't remember. The, uh, Lost in the woods. Just <laughs> pack rat all lands. That's my. Dad. Yeah, this is much better than Lost in the Woods. I'll say that. <laughs> so, uh, next up is Underworld Connections. This is an enchantment aura. They cost a colorless and two black. It's a rare. It's enchant land, and enchanted land has tap, pay one life, and draw a card. Wow. So <laughs> build your own Phyrexian Arena? Even better, though. You get to choose when to use it. Yeah, so this is very, very good. And you're... I mean, well, here's... A, not even would you first Would you first pick this? Yeah, I think so. Well, shit. Over a solid removal spell, over a solid no, creature? I think you, I you kind of have to. Do you? I mean, it's very slow. And you do have to pay a, pay a mana to use it. But... Ah, man, drawing a card for a life. I'll do it any day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe you don't take this over efficient removal or a really good creature, but this is a high pick, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. It's 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 probably as good as Phyrexian Arena. Maybe, maybe slightly worse. I think if, it's definitely better. What? You don't have to pay ma- mana to tap or to draw with Phyrexian Yeah, but like you said, being able to choose when you do it is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You could stop doing it. That's pretty cool. Exactly. That's the that's that's the key. Yeah, I know. It's like once you've drawn enough cards to be winning, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Although you probably still will. But right. I don't know. You're not you're not playing this card in turn three either. So the double black, not that big of a deal. Yeah, you're probably <clears throat> I don't know, I might play this on turn four though, if I could just tap immediately and draw a card. Yeah, maybe. Just get that engine going. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing, is when you're drawing a lot of cards, paying the extra mana doesn't matter as much. If you're drawing two cards a turn, chances are you're going to have plenty of land. Totally. You're, like, you're not going to be missing land drops very often, if at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that that downside is very minimal. Yeah. All right, you skipped a card, by the way. I, uh, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wizard spoiler. It's all right. Well, Ultimate price. <laughs> this is uh, colorless da, 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 da. and a black. Da, 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 da. Sorry. It's an instant, uncommon... Destroy target monocolored creature. It's the go for the throat of the set. This card is sweet. Yeah, it's it's probably exactly as powerful as go for the throat was in Scar's Block. Yeah, it's going to hit like half the creatures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like it. Pick it. Kill. It's good. Next card. Next card is a red card, right? Mm-hmm. We're in red now? We're in red. Right. Ash Zealot. Double red. For a human warrior creature, he's a rare. Yeah, a lot of rares we're spoiling here. The 2-2, first strike haste. Whenever a player casts a spell from a graveyard, Ash Zealot deals three damage to that player. That will not be happening in limited. Mm, yeah, probably not. But a 2-2, first strike haste for two mana? Helps. Yeah. 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 I mean, double red, again, we've talked about how double yeah. mana costs, especially for an early drop like this, is kind of prohibitive. Mm-hmm. But If you're an but, aggro deck... You're probably gonna stick to a, just two colors, or try to anyway. Yeah, so, or like have a late game splash. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's gonna be solid. And I guess keep keep in mind like there might be some spells that you can cast from the graveyard in this set. I don't know if we've seen them yet, but yeah, as yeah, it, that 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 seems more. This is like a hate bear for constructed. 
Yeah. But the fact that he's a 2-2 first strike haste for two yeah, means that you can play him in limited in every red deck. So you're good. So, Greg, as an old-school Sly player, yeah. how absurd is it dude. that you played Ironclaw Orcs? <laughs> oh, dude, I played Ironclaw Orcs and loved it, too. That was the scary part. You're like, hell yeah, my hand has Ironclaw Orcs in it. I'm totally keeping. You know what's really fascinating about that to me is that we played with cards that were so much worse than that deck. But that deck was Still playable. Insanely Whereas now, like the mono, the mono red aggro deck just doesn't exist anymore because control has gotten so much better it's and people kind of are so much better. Yeah, people know how to play like good early drops and good three drops. Yeah, I mean they have to have cards like this or else there's no way that you could play a red deck. I mean the fact that Jackal Pup was like fucking insane. Because, like, nobody played creatures to start. Like, in the beginning of the game, if you weren't playing, a, a, like, a red deck, you probably weren't casting a creature for a while. Right. So. Well, I, I think what really kills the mono red deck for Constructed now isn't the, like, lack of good aggressive creatures. It's the lack of really good burn spells. Because back in the day, we Fire had... Blast. Fire Blast. Incinerate. Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt. Like, Lightning Bolt and Incinerate were never legal at the same time. That's but, right. Still, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, we had Incinerate, we had Fire Blast, we had uh, Shock, we had Kindle, which was like a... Uh, shock that grew every time you cast it. Yeah, so the first one was two mana for two damage, the second one was two mana for three damage, the third one was, was two mana for four damage. I mean, in a 60-card deck that didn't come up super often, but every once in a while you'd get the double or triple Kindle hand, and you'd just be like, so I'm going to burn your face out this game. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. And you had Lightning, which was essentially a bird spell. Like Curse Scroll. Curse oh yeah. That, I mean that was the card that put the deck over the top. Yes. And I that and Fire Blast were the two like key cards in that aggressive red deck, like a reusable two damage at, for colorless every turn after you'd emptied your hand was just too much for some decks to handle yeah. sometimes. The hilarious fi- thing Sorry, go ahead. I know I was gonna say and Fire Blast was just like another I win card. Yeah. The hilarious thing is that you'd be at like a solid life total and they had like a jackal pup and then you pass the turn and they're like, okay, ball lightning attack you. And you're like, Oh fuck. Now like double fire blast you. (laughs) Like what the fuck? Is that like 16? How am I dead? Yeah. So that, yeah, that just kind of explosiveness doesn't exist because the burn spells aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah. But I mean, that's probably a good thing for magic. Probably. I don't know. Just like Stone Rain doesn't exist anymore. Probably a good thing. Right. Anyway. Let's on. keep going. Chaos Imps. Four colors, two red. This is a rare. It is a Imp. 6-5 flying. Unleash. Chaos Imps has trample as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it. This card is bananas. <laughs> I Do you feel like every rare in this set is bananas? Because it feels that way to me. I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I love that because it's a multicolored set, they can push the power level of all the cards a little bit more. Yeah. They can push the monocolored cards more because... in a, I, I'm talking about for limited. Because, I mean, while this is a fantastic limited card, this isn't necessarily, like, uh, the best constructed card you've ever seen, right? No, 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 no. No, it's I mean, not going to be played in constructed. Probably unplayable in most constructed yeah. decks. It's a... 25 cent rare or whatever mm-hmm. but 
The fact of the matter is, is that in limited, they can push the power level of all these cards because one, your man is going to be worse. So anything with double red in the casting cost is inherently going to be harder to cast than it would be in a corset draft. Uh, meanwhile, the, the multicolored cards, which we haven't even come close to getting to yet. Which we got are, speed up, Greg. <laughs> yeah, we do. But the multicolored cards are just batshit insane because there's, they require specific colors and multiple colors. Like you have to be playing this deck to be able to cast this card. So if you're willing to go like the extra mile and play this weird, like black green spell, then yeah, sure. It'll do something completely insane. Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, this card is awesome. It's a first pick, a seven, five trample flyer that can't block. I mean, I don't think you care that it can't block and the games where you do care, you still get a 6-5 flyer. I know. Jeez. Don't Jesus complain. Christ. All right. Next up is Guild Feud. It's another rare. It costs five colors and a red. It's an enchantment. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent reveals the top three cards of his or her library. May put... Hold on a second. I'm, I think I screwed that up. No, at the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent reveals the top three cards of his or her library. May put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield, then puts the rest of his or her... Wow, the rest into his or her graveyard. You do the same with the top three cards of your library. If two creatures are put into the battlefield in this way, those creatures fight each other. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really flavorful. It's really cool. I don't think you're going to play this limited. No, 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 no. It's just a cool card. Yeah, so let's kind of just keep going. Yeah. Gutter Snipe. Two colors and a red. It's uncommon. It is a Goblin Shaman creature. 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Gutter Snipe deals two damage to each opponent. This is a cool build-around-me card. Yeah, it's like a weird Burning Vengeance variant, except it's a 2-2 creature. Yeah. The fact that you can't target creatures with the damage that you're dealing here kind of sucks. Yeah, I I think he reminds me more of uh, a bad... uh, What's that 6-mana 4-2 from Innistrad... Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember what it was. Flame the, uh, something, I don't know. Yeah. But that guy, I, I mean, it's it's similar in that you're you're just pushing damage to the face. It doesn't involve combat and make it really difficult to deal with, so it's definitely not the same. It's more but, I mean, if if what you're doing is casting an instant or sorcery spell to destroy their blockers and then deal two damage to them and then attack, yeah, this cool. card can get out of hand quick. I don't think it's a high pick necessarily, but I do think he's fine. Yeah. And a great, kind of o- great ogre with upside. Kind of a very similar card to Weed Dragonauts from the original. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great comparison. All right, next up is Mizium Mortars. This is a rare. It's a sorcery. It costs a colorless and a red. Mizium Mortars deals four damage to target creature you don't control. Oh, you know what overload. Means. Overload for three colorless and three red. So four damage to each creature you don't control. Another busted overload rare. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna first pick this because. The first, again, it's super playable at its normal cost. Four damage for two mana to a creature you don't control. You'll play that every day and twice on Sundays. And then if you happen to get up to six mana with three red and you can overload it, you're just going to wrath your opponent. So, yeah, this card's insane. Let's keep going. Pyro Convergence. Four colorless and a red for an uncommon enchantment. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, Pyro Convergence deals two damage to target creature player. So here's your Burning Vengeance. Yeah, this is the the Burning Vengeance of the set. It costs five, which is more than Burning Vengeance did, but I think it's going to probably trigger a little bit more than Burning Vengeance could have. It it will, because you're going to be playing multicolored spells in this format. Yeah, a lot of them, or you should. Yes. Yeah, this this will be a sweet like 
early pick and then just take every fixing card and take every gold card. It'll be a fun deck. But Yeah, I mean, consider the fact that we're maybe halfway through the cards to talk about and we're already about to get to green. So yeah. there are a lot of multicolored cards still to talk about. Yeah, it'll be um, probably half the cards. Next up is Street Spasm. This is an instant. It's an uncommon. It's X and a red. Street Spasm deals X damage to target creature with without flying you don't control. Overload, XX red red. So kind of a worse Mizium Mortars. Yeah. It's Earthquake style. Like... So it deals X damage to a non-flyer. Or if you overload it, it deals X damage to each non-flyer you don't control. So mm-hmm. I think this is... Solid. Yeah, and, and a high pick, because mm-hmm. just as like kind of a bad fireball, you're going to pick it highly. It's splashable. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's solid. Green cards. Or did I skip any red ones? Nope, that was it. All right. Green card. Axbane Guardian. Two colorless and a green. This is a common. It's an O3 Defender, Human Druid. Uh, tap it to add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, where X is the number of creatures you creatures with Defender you control. Yeah, this is a high pick. Really? Yes. Did you wait, did you read it? <laughs> so if you have just him, you can tap him for one mana. Of any color. Okay, that, I guess you're right. Just the fixing aspect. Oh, and he's a common too. Okay, yes. so if you get these in multiples, that's pretty busted. Yep. All right, fair enough. Uh, so this this comes back to that whole thing we mentioned earlier where fixing is a high priority and this does that. Yeah. I'm not saying this is the first pick because it's not. It, but, it might be though. I didn't. But, I kind of didn't really realize that it was a common. It's possible depending on how important fixing is in the set, but currently we don't really know. Yeah, there could be like a wall control deck though. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. All right, moving on. Dreadbridge Goliath. Two colorless and two green for an insect creature. He's a rare. He's a 5-5. And he has scavenge. This is the Golgari keyword. Scavenge, four colorless and two green. And what that means is you pay that cost. You pay four colorless and two green. Exile this card from your graveyard. Put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creature. Scavenge only is a sorcery. So you get a 5-5 for four mana. If it's in your graveyard, you can pay six mana and give one of your creatures plus five plus five permanently with counters. Yeah, this so, this is the keyword I like the most. I know it's I had, sad, but I had a feeling you might, but Yeah. And it, it's cool. It's boring, it's, but it's just I just love value. I just love value. Yeah. Yeah, it's very powerful. It's, it's kinda like giving your scavenge creatures like they have a flashback on them after they die. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. Like it's really cool that if they kill your five five you still have some way to get value out of it after that. Yeah. And and significant value, too. To give one of your creatures plus 5 plus 5 permanently, that's huge. It's, yeah, it's really big. I mean, this that's is rare. Six so. Sure, but I mean, just that ability. Like, some of the uncommons and commons seem really good, too, even though you're putting fewer counters on. Totally. But let's keep going. Okay. Uh, Death's Presence. Five colorless and a green enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, where X is the power of the creature that died. Uh, this is a rare. This is a rare, uh, and it's like it kind of reminds me of uh, Gutter Grime, like a card that looks pretty solid, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I find interesting about this card is that it doesn't say non-token creature, so. I mean, not that it really matters, because you can't... It's not like creating more non-token creatures, but Mm -hmm. that is something that you'd often see on a card like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, will you you play this card, do you think, Jeff? 
It'd have to be in the right deck. Uh, normally, no, I don't think so. Okay. Like, would you want a sacrifice outlet or something? What do you mean by the right deck? Um, yeah, I'd want some way to abuse it. Pro- well, I mean, having, like... Yeah, I don't even know what the right deck is. I don't really like this card. Okay. I kind of like it. I think that if you have a sack outlet, it goes up in value. But even if not, like, if you kind of curve out and have three dudes on the board and then you play this, that's not bad. Yeah. You know? It's just expensive for... Right. It does nothing the turn you cast it, and that's always a downside. That's always bad, but I don't think this card is unplayable necessarily. Mm-hmm. You just can't have a, a bunch of cards like this in your deck. Right. And there will be hands where you draw this in your opener and you have to mulligan it because it does nothing. Yep. <laughs> so next up is Gate Creeper Vine. It's a creature. He's a common. It's an O2. Cost a colors and a green. Has Defender. When Gate Creeper Vine enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card or a gate card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. So I thought, for some reason, I thought this was a gate, but I guess not. No. So, but he can go search up a gate. And we remember gates from that ogre in black that would lose defender as long as you have a gate. Um, well, I'm going to skip ahead and just kind of talk about one of the gates. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Azorius Guild Gate is a common, it's a land gate, and it enters the battlefield tapped. And you can tap it for white or blue. So each guild is going to have a gate like that, and there will probably be some other gates too. Right. I just want to kind of give a frame of reference for. Right. So this is a. Uh, what's the card? It's fixing. It's fi- well, it's fixing, but there's a elf that's very similar to this. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know which. Sylvan about. something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it searches up a basic when it comes to play. It's a one-one fairy colors. This is very similar, except it can also get non-basics. Certain and the non-basics non-basics. Are... And the specific non-basics, the ones you're going to be getting most often, are going to be lands that tap for two mana. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's pretty sweet. All right. Uh, Golgari Decoy. Three colors and a green. All creatures able to block Golgari Decoy do so. It's an Elf Rogue 2-2 uncommon. Um, and it has Scavenge for three colors and two green. It's, yeah, pretty much every card with Scavenge seems pretty damn playable. Yeah, the thing I really like about this guy is that he works, he interacts really well with other scavenge creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have another scavenge creature in the graveyard and you have a Golgari decoy on the battlefield, like, let's say you have that rare, Deadbridge Goliath. Sure. Which, come on, we're talking about a rare, so this isn't going to come up a lot, but you, let's say you pay six make and a target seven, your seven, yeah. decoy. Yeah, you make your 2-2 your two, two a 7-7, seven, seven, and then everything that they have has to block it. Like Just eats the board, yeah. Right. I mean, any any power-boosting ability on the decoy is going to be very good. And the fact that he exists in a color and in a guild where the keyword is a power-boosting ability is quite good. That's a nice interaction. Yeah, it's also cool that it's like, it can be your 4-mana and 5-mana play. Like, 4-mana, yeah. play the, the decoy, then next turn attack with the decoy and all your guys. It'll die, and then you can give something plus 2 plus 2 for next time. It'll die, and you'll get in a bunch of damage, yeah, and yeah. then you get to give something plus two, plus two. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's sweet. Yep. Uh, next up is Slime Molding. This is an uncommon. It's a sorcery. It costs X and a green. It says put an XX green ooze creature token onto the battlefield. Now, I kind of ran through this little dialogue in my brain where it's like, well, why isn't this just, just a common? Like this, in any other set, could be a common, right? Mm-hmm. You pay X. Let's say you pay two mana. You get a 1-1. One, one. You pay three mana. You get a 2-2. Two, two. You pay four mana, you get a three three. 
You pay five mana, you get a four four. You pay six mana, you get a five five. In green, none of those things are overpowered. Yep. Not a single one. It is. I mean, the the ability to do all of them makes it a solid card, though. Makes it makes it very good. But even still, I think that they could have printed this at common in most sets. Now, why didn't they? Populate. Ah, I, yeah. That's probably so. You make a four four ooze token. Like if you if you have the ability to make all these different tokens with slime molding, and you have two cards that populate, just being able to like, I don't know, jam more three threes and four fours onto the ability on the battlefield with populate makes this card like. So this is I think this is a pretty high pick for green because mm-hmm. it's in that guild, it's in that guild's colors, and it's a solid card nonetheless. Yep. So anyway, okay. keep going. Wild Beastmaster, two colorless and a green for a, a rare. So one one human shaman. Whenever Wild Beastmaster attacks, each other creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is Wild Beastmaster's power. Uh, this will be awesome with Scavenge. Yeah, it's another Golgari card. It's kind of cool how you can see a monocolored card like this and understand exactly what guild it was designed for. Yeah, 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 it's cool. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, uh, World Spine Worm is next. This is a Mythic Rare. It costs 8 colorless and 3 green. Yes, that's 11 total mana. He's a warm creature. He's a 15-15. That's pretty small. Uh, he has trample because, goddammit, he better if he's a 15-15. Yeah. Like, just quick aside, don't you hate it when anything bigger than like a 7-7 doesn't have doesn't have trample or like even a 6-6? Agreed. Like why why doesn't it? it? Like shouldn't it shouldn't it just inherently trample over everything tiny? Yeah, I don't. Know. I agree. Anyway, uh, when World Spot and Worm dies, put three. 5-5 five, five green worm creature tokens with trample onto the battlefield. So, worm coil engine style, if it dies, you get three smaller... Like, it breaks into three smaller parts. Smaller in quotations, please. Right, five. <laughs> five green worm... Five, five green worm tokens. Yeah, very uh, tiny. And when it's put into the graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it into its owner's library. So you can't really reanimate it. I'm gonna say or, this or, card won't be cast. Right. 11 mana and limited, like, it's just... Sorry, it's not gonna happen. Unless it's like, it's, you get the if you get like the triple uh, Axebane Guardian deck, maybe <laughs> that would be sweet. Maybe. Deck. All right, maybe moving on. Uh, into multicolor. Hell yeah! All right, uh, this is a, probably the most talked about card so far in terms of constructed. Abrupt Decay. It is uh, black green, rare, instant. Uh, Abrupt Decay can't be countered. And destroy target non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty sweet. really good card. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Next card. Yeah, the next card is another rare. It's Archon of the Triumvirate. He costs five colorless, a white, and a blue. He's an Archon creature. He's a 4-5 flyer. Whenever Archon of the Triumvirate attacks, detain up to two target non-land permanents your opponents control. <laughs> and, and detain is until your next turn, those permanents can't attack or block, and their activated abilities can't be activated. So absurd. This is yeah. This is a lot like uh, Blazing Archon in the sense where it's a big flyer, and if you attack, like you don't have to even damage your opponents. No. So he's basically unblockable if you want him to be. Yep. Let's say they have one or two flyers. If you want your Archon to get in there, you can attack, have this trigger on the stack, detain both of your opponent's flyers, which means that they can't block with them, uh, and then until your next turn, those creatures wouldn't be able to attack either, right? Now, what makes this card really fucking bonkers is that if they have a Planeswalker, you can be like, I'll detain your Planeswalker, (laughs) and 
this other creature you have that might have blocked my archon. You know, just yeah. This is a bomb. Yeah. This is pretty pretty good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, and the fact that it's white blue instead of white white or blue blue actually makes it easier to cast if you're playing both colors. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, uh, Augur Spree is up next. Yeah, it's one colorless uh, black red instant. Target creature gets plus four, minus four, until end of turn. It's in common. I think this is the only common removal they've uh, spoiled yet. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it's good. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. It has the upside of being able to, if you happen to have a five toughness creature and you need to get in that last bit of damage, you can target your own guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Very similar to a last, or not last gasp, uh, nameless inversion. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a fine card. Black-red is, is nice because it makes it not that splashable. Right. So if you're the black-red deck, people aren't necessarily going to be hacking these from you as often as they might, just like a, a terror type or Doomblade type effect. Yep. Next up is Azorius Charm. Each guild has a charm. Uh, this is an instant. It's an uncommon. It costs a white and a blue. It says choose one. Creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. Or draw a card, or put target attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library. So, chances are that third ability is the one you're going to use the most in limited. In limited, yeah. Or or With, the first. The first is pretty or, cool. The first is pretty good, too. The first is one of those kind of get-out-of-jail-free cards in a race. Yeah. Where you're like, I'm going to lose this race, but not, not anymore. Yeah. I'm going to gain a bunch of life. Yeah, totally. You know, And it's an instant, so you can cast it after they've declared blockers and kind of get people that way. Yeah, reminds me and, a lot and, of Naya Charm. Yeah. I mean, in, and in a pinch, you'll be able to just to draw a card. If, like, neither of those abilities help you, you can be like, all right, well, I'll just cycle it and see what else I can get. Yeah. So, yeah, th- all the charms are very good. This one is no exception. Yeah. Uh, Carnival Hellsteed. Four colorless, black-red. It's a rare. Five-four Nightmare Horse. That's nightmare a, Horse. That's an awesome creature type. Yes. Uh, first Strike Haste. Yes, it is. With Unleash. Yeah, it's uh, very powerful, bonkers. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Un- Unleash with Haste is sweet. Yeah. It's, this is the first card we've seen like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So you get a 6-5 first strike haster that can't block, or you get a 5-4 first strike haster that can block. That's Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Next up is Centaur Healer. One colorless, a green, and a white for a Centaur Cleric creature. It's a common. It's a 3-3. Three, three. And whenever he enters the battlefield, you gain three life. He's a fine dude. Yeah, I like him a lot, actually. Th- three, three for three, like he's, he's Centaur Courser, where instead of paying that second colors, you pay a white to gain three life. Solid. Like, yeah, you're fine with that. Mm-hmm. You're going to play this guy. Next card, Collective Blessing. Three colorless green, green, white. This is a rare enchantment. Uh, creatures you control get plus three, plus three. That's a big-ass crusade. Yeah. It's an expensive Crusade too, though. Yes. But at the same time, if you're the token deck... It's in those colors. And you're making tokens, or if you're just playing creatures... Yeah. By the time you get to six mana, if you can cast this, you should win the game. Yeah. This reminds me of, like, an inverse um, Finest Hour. Like. Okay. Like Yeah, instead of having, like, one creature you want to just get in there with... You have like a bunch of creatures and it's bonkers. Yeah, I think this card is actually solidly playable. Yeah, I, I don't like. Is would you first pick this card? No, probably not. But it, it's a very color committed card. 
Let's say the two best cards in the pack are an Augur Spree and a Collective Blessing. Which one do you take? Pick a card, Jeff. But which one was Augur Spree again? The plus four, minus four until end of turn instant for one black mm. red. Mm. Probably the Augur Spree. See, I think I'd take the Blessing. Yeah, I can see that. I'm doing it probably based on color preference. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Next up is Corpse Jack Menace. This is a 4-4 fungus creature for two colorless, a black, and a green. He's a rare. And it says, if one or more plus one plus one counters will be placed on a creature you control, twice that many counters are placed instead. So he's already playable as a 4-4 four, for four, four. If you're in black-green, you're probably playing some scavenge creatures, so this doubles the amount of counters that you would put on. Yeah, you're going to play this card. Yep. I mean, you're going to play this card even if you don't have scavenge creatures. Yeah. If you're in those colors. Yeah. All right, next card. Counter Flux... Blue, blue, red, it is a rare instant. Uh, Counterflux can't be countered. Counter target spell you don't control, and it's got an overload for a colorless blue, blue, red. So totally constructed, 100%. Yeah, you're not going to play this at all, I think. Or you shouldn't be playing this in limited. You'd much rather have a syncopate. Yeah. Because countering, like... Each spell you don't control, like, who cares? It does nothing. You, how often, yeah, how often are there four spells on the stack? How often are, does your opponent have two spells on the stack at the same time when you could counter them both? Like, you're not going to two-for-one anybody with this in limited. Like, I mean, okay. Maybe once you will. Someday. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but Anyway, yeah, it's... it's, it's yeah, it's, just don't, don't even try. Why? The next card is sweet, so... Yeah, this next card is actually... Possibly my favorite card that they've spoiled so far. Awesome. It's called Detention Sphere. It's an enchantment for a colorless, a white, and a blue. It's a rare. It says, when Detention Sphere en- enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-land permanent, not named Detention Sphere, and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent. When, dis- when Detention Sphere leaves the battlefield, return the exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. So, it's a an Oblivion Ring that had freaky sex with uh, a Maelstrom Pulse, and this is their disgusting white-blue rare baby. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? Yeah. This card is really, really good. Really good. <laughs> um, the thing I love is that they have to put not named Detention Sphere, or else on MTGO you click on Detention Sphere, and hey, the game's over, because it's constant loop. Yeah. yeah. Well... No, I think it would. You'd have to click on it. You'd have to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, but yeah, they Russell and I talked about that. How if you somehow have three Oblivion Rings on the battlefield and no other permanents, LSV totally did this in a video. But yeah, that's he told me about that. I didn't see it, but I thought that was pretty. It crashed MTGO and it reversed all the way, or it it sped up the game all the way to that point again, and then it did it again and crashed again. Oh really? (laughs) It was hilarious. It's supposed to just. make the game a draw right no it they or yeah yeah, that yeah. Was the, yeah that's that's the way it's supposed to work i think that's what happened yeah it, it drew the game and they played another game but okay anyway. crazy all right yeah so this card is a is a high pick first pickable easy it's a rare so you're not gonna see it all that all that much i mean it's not really that much better than an oblivion ring in limited limited but i mean it's slightly better and you were already first picking oblivion rings so do the math I mean, there is tokens, remember. So Yeah, and that's the other thing. is if, Against the green-white player, if they have multiple tokens of the same name, that this just wraths them. Yep. And like they don't get them back if they get rid of Detention Sphere. That's a great point, Jeff. Yeah. All right, next card, Dread Boar. Uh, 
black, red, rare, sorcery, destroy target creature, or planeswalker. So the planeswalker thing is more of a constructed application, but two mana to destroy target creature, even if it's at sorcery speed. Yeah, it's a terminate at sorcery speed. I will be happy to take it. Uh, yeah, it's an easy, easy high pick. Next up, Dread Mangler. Plant zombie creature is an uncommon. Costs a colorless, a black, and a green. 3-3 three, three haste, and he has scavenge for three colorless, a black, and a green. This card is awesome. It's absurd. I can't believe that this card costs three. I can't... It's like, I was talking to Ryan about this. I was like, so... Why the fuck does this card have haste? Like, what? Yeah. Why? Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> It's, like, so solid as a non-hasted creature. I'd be like, hell yeah, this guy's awesome. Even at Uncommon. This, but, this almost feels better than Dread, Dead Bridge Goliath to me. Yeah, I agree. This I mean, almost. It's, it's it's a little cheaper, but it has haste and smaller. I don't know. It's very, yeah, it's very good. I I mean, the thing the thing is, is, like, would you, uh, I'm going to always, I'm going to keep asking you the same stupid question. Would you first pick this card? I think so, yes. Now the thing is, is like when I see a card like this in a pick one pack one situation, I'm almost always gonna find a like a removal spell or like a rare that I'd take over this card. The fact, or, I feel like that that's typically the case in most draft formats, but this card just seems really well costed oh, to the point where it might just be better than a one for one removal spell most of the time yeah. because it has scavenge because it right. has that kind of it's a built in. I, it's more like a one and a half for one, but sure. yes. But I mean, it's it's a pseudo two for one, and it's without scavenge. This card is solid. And yes, but it's still very good. Yeah. So anyway, ah, uh, this is my favorite card. <laughs> Spoiled yet? Uh, this is Epic Experiment X Blue Red, a Mythic Sorcery. Exile the top X cards of your library for each instant or sorcery with converted mana cost X or less among them. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then put all cards exiled this way or exiled this way that weren't cast into your graveyard. So this is like a Genesis Wave yes. corollary. Genesis Wave, for instance, in sorceries. How fucking fun! Holy shit. Yeah. You really need the deck for this to be playable, but oh, man. in blue red you might have that deck. That's a card that makes me think like I should play more EDH. Holy <laughs> shit, that would be fun. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Alright, uh, Goblin Electromancer is next. He costs a blue and a red. He's a Goblin Wizard creature. He's a common. He's a 2-2. And he says, instants and sorcery spells cost you one colorless less to cast. So, pretty cool with Epic Experiment. Hell yeah. Get, get to dig one, one, one spot deeper, deeper for free. Yeah, no, uh, I like this guy, though. He's he's cool. He's uh, probably not like an all-star and limited um, definitely seems no. ridiculous and constructed, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't play Yeah, it. it's weird because it doesn't say that it can't reduce things. I guess instances of sorceries wouldn't cost less than a colored mana anyway, yeah. so you're never going to get spells for free with this guy. Right. But to make things cheaper is good. Like, to make your dread boars cost only two mana instead of three is cool. Like, you're going to see... You're going to get value off of this. You're going to save some mana. <laughs> and as a 2-2 two, two for two, uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Sold. I'm in. Yep. Grizzly Salvage, uh, black, green, uh, common, instant. Reveal the top five cards of your library. You may put a creature or land from among them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. Uh, snooze fest usually. If you have a lot of scavenge, I could see it play it being playable. But 
Yeah, I don't know if this is worth a card unless you have just a critical mass of scavenge creatures. Right. Where you're going to get a lot of value from those cards going into the graveyard. I mean, the, the ability to impulse for a land or a creature is pretty sweet. Yeah. Because chances are you're going to hit one or the other that you want. Like, either you're going to want a land or you're going to want a creature, and you're going to get there within the top five cards, cards of your library. But, I don't yeah, know. It feels like a constructed card, kind of. Like, this will probably have some home in like some weird reanimator deck yeah i think you if you're a black green and you have maybe five or six scavenge creatures you'll probably play the first copy of this card yeah but i don't know if you play the second no i don't think you ever could next up is havoc festival this is a rare it costs four colorless a black and a red it's an enchantment it says players can't gain life and at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player loses half of his or her life rounded up so this card is going to kill you eventually Mm-hmm. Because rounded up means if you have one life, or if you have an odd number of life, let's say you have three life, it's gonna half deal you of two. your life would be 1.5, and then you round that up to two. It's going to deal you two. And then from one, half of your life is 0.5 life. And round that up, that's one. It's going to kill you. So I don't know why you'd ever play this Unlimited unless you were just a super aggressive deck. Like, eh. if, you, if you are all in on those... Um, Unleash creatures, if yeah. you're just attacking and dealing as much damage as you can, and then this is the this is your curve topper, you just drop this on turn six. It's not it's not the worst. In the no. sense that if your opponent did have life gain, that becomes irrelevant. And it's it's kind it's kinda of like a sulfuric vortex, except it's fairly costed at six man instead of at three man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I d I don't see this being playable, but Well I mean you You've played Sulfuric Vortex and Cube Draft before, right? Three mana is very different. I, I understand that. Oh, I, yeah. I understand Sulfuric that Vortex, Sulfuric Vortex is much better. It's probably the best uh, red card in your aggro deck, yes. This card does something very similar, does it not? I mean, it, would you it, agree that the effect is essentially the same? Essentially, yeah. Uh, and it, it does. It can deal a lot more damage. I mean, it usually will deal a lot more damage. So, But right. yeah, it's like... So I think if you ha- if that aggressive deck exists... I think this card is actually very good in that deck. Yeah, I don't know. Especially because if you're all in on that kind of an aggressive plan, you probably don't have a whole lot of six and seven type drop spells in your deck. Yeah, you might not. If this is, yeah, but if this is it, like if this is what you play after you get your opponent to eight, like they're probably just gonna die. You probably win the car, win the game with this card. Yeah, that's true. So, I, th- I think it's fine. I think it requires a very specific deck to be good. Anyway, what's next? Heroes Reunion. Green, white, instant, uncommon. Target player gains seven. Boo! Terrible card. Moving on. Don't play these. Hypersonic Dragon is up next. Do you want to read this one? You had to read Heroes Reunion. I just feel bad for you. All right. Three colorless, blue, red. It is a rare. A dragon. We love dragons. Four, four, flying haste. Well, hell yeah. I'll I'll pay five mana for that. In. Sold. You may cast sorcery spells, though they had flash. Oh, that's sweet, too. Now I'm really sold. Yeah. I like so, that card. What's the like dumbest thing you could think of doing with that? Uh, instant Speed Cruel Ultimatum? Sweet. <laughs> I mean, it's in the right colors, too. I don't know. Let's play more EDH. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah, that guy's good. You're going to play him. Next up is Isperia Supreme Judge. This is a legendary Sphinx creature. It's a mythic rare. She costs... Two colorless, two white, and two blue. That's six total mana. 
for a 6-4 flying that says whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. Yes. I kind of feel like this card should have been better. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad. I don't need the, I don't need cards like this to be better. I mean, I, she, I get that it's not great. I mean, she's like the Azorius leader, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she should be better. Yeah. Or maybe have more toughness. Like six four, like dies to Dreadbore. <laughs> true. You know. True. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it's solid. You're gonna. Yeah, you get a six four flyer for six, and if you ever get attacked, you're gonna draw a bunch of cards. So. Yeah, you're in. You're going to play this card if you're white-blue. The mana is really rough, though. Double white, double blue, is that sucks. Yeah, but it's doable. So, yeah. Anyway, it's what's next? Charm. Blue, red, uh, uncommon instant. Choose one. Counter-target non-creature spell, unless its controller pays two. Or is it charm deals two damage target creature? Or draw two cards, then discard two cards? This card is sweet. This is probably my favorite charm. All the charms are sweet. I love this one because it does everything. Either... Yeah. It deals with a non-creature spell, or it deals with a creature, or if neither of those things is useful to you, you get to loot twice. Yeah, which like, is probably better than drawing one. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I think so, yeah. I think so. All right, moving on. Jared, Golgari Lichlord, another double-double. I, I think that's pronounced Jared from Subway. Jared from Subway, Lichlord. <laughs> black, black, green, green. Legendary creature, Zombie Elf. He's a mythic rare. He's a 2-2. Two, two. So 2-2 two, two for 4. Yeah, we don't like that very much. <laughs> Jared from Subway gets plus 1, plus 1 for each creature card in your graveyard. Oh, so now you have a reason to play your Grizzly Solages. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay a colorless, a black, a green, and sacrifice another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's power. And you can also sacrifice a swamp and a forest, return Jared from Subway, from your graveyard to your hand with a $5 foot long in his hand. That's right. So, very prohibitive mana cost. Prohibitive mana cost, very slow engine to kind of get value, Yeah. just like the previous uh, Golgari legend yeah. like leader. What was her name from Ravnica? Uh, Star in the Ness. I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember either, but this one's yeah. a little bit better, I think, because it can it can uh, fling dudes, so that's pretty solid. Yeah, it flings dudes. I mean, he's going to get bigger. So if you have, when you cast him, if you have one creature in your graveyard, he's a 3-3 three, three for 4. So that's not the worst. But it's not it's not the best mythic. It's probably one of the worst mythics. So. Yeah, mostly just because of the mana cost, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, can, he can't fling himself, which is kind of a bummer. Because he's going to be... That would be absurd. Then he'd be really good. But, I don't know. Yeah. Alright, moving on. Jared's orders. Uh, Three $5 footlongs, please. (laughs) He would like a Black Forest ham. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Two colorless (laughs) black and green for rare sorcery. Search your library for up to two creature cards. Reveal them. Put one in your hand, the other in your graveyard. Shuffle your library. Kind of a cool tutor. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not going to want to really play this in limited, but it's I mean it's possible it's, you want it, to. You get a creature for your hand, and you put a scavenge creature into the yard. Like I get it, but I don't think I want to spend 4 mana in a turn doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, next up is Corozda Guildmage. 
black green for an elf shaman creature. He is an uncommon. He's a 2-2. This is the first in a cycle of new guild mages that we're going to see. His first ability is pay a colorless, a black, and a green. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains intimidate until end of turn. That's sweet. Yeah. Second ability is two colorless, a black, and a green. Sacrifice a non-token creature. Put X... 1-1 one, one green sapling tokens onto the battlefield where X is a sacrificed creature's toughness. So That's pretty good. This card is... Actually really, really yeah. good, huh? Yeah. It's not sorcery speed, so you can do it in response to things dying. Absolutely. You can protect... I mean, I guess protect. You can off sacrifice any of your own creatures if they get targeted by removal and get a bunch of saplings. The saplings interact well with Selesnya's populate mechanic, which shares one color with the skilled mage. Plus one, plus one, and intimidate to a creature is very good. Mm-hmm. Like this guild just, mage is fucking good, Jesus. Yeah, I mean the guild mages are all going to be good. Yeah, that's the guild mages and the charms are kind of like the uncommon all stars of each guild. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, all right, moving on. Lot left troll, uh, black green. It's a rare zombie troll. Two one trample. Ah, so useful to have trample on a two one. <laughs> Discard a creature card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Lotleth Troll. I get it now. And black to regenerate it. This card is bonkers. Yeah. This is constructed playable, mm-hmm. and it's a two drop. And usually when there's a two drop constructed playable creature, it's going to be very good and limited. Yeah. Just as... It's... And, and again, it's in the right colors to where discarding creature cards is exactly something yeah, you would you do. you discard your scavenge and then game over. <laughs> Discard your scavenger, you put a counter on him, then you scavenge your scavenger onto Lolith Troll. He gets huge, he has trample and regenerate. I mean, this card is better than Spirit Monger, right? Yeah. <laughs> In this set? Absolutely. So, I think so. Like I'd rather... um, yeah. Next up is Loxon and I mean, do you have anything else uh, to say about the troll? He's, he's, he's very good. I and again, this is like it comes back to what we were talking about at these multicolored cards, the power level is just off the charts, it seems. And I don't know. It's really, really strange. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like every one of these multicolored cards we've talked about, I've been just kind of gushing over. Like, oh, this card's great. This card's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, unless it's Grizzly Salvage or something that's like intentionally not made for limited. But yeah. anyway. Loxon and Smiter is a colorless, a green, and a white for a rare elephant soldier creature. He's a 4-4, and he cannot be countered. If a spell or an ability an opponent controls causes you to discard Loxon and Smiter... Put it onto the battlefield instead of putting it into your graveyard. What's so, uh? I don't, I don't, I don't like this card at all. But I mean, it's great. But it's like, I hate cards designed like this. It's a, it's designed for constructing. Yeah, it's stupid. But whatever. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's fine. It's one of those cards that, no matter what your opponent does when before you've cast this card, you're going to be able to cast this card or get it onto the battlefield otherwise. Like they can't counter it. They can't make you discard it with like a hymn to Torach or a Mind Rot. Yep. Like you're gonna get this four four onto the battlefield at some point. Yep. So but at that point he's just a four four. Yeah, he is a actual vanilla creature. Perfect. If he had like hexproof or shroud, I would it I would kinda get it a little bit more, but I don't know. He's still pretty sweet. I mean a three three mana four four is Yeah, you'll really be playing it every time. Yeah. I mean, don't try to get, don't discard him to your Lola Troll expecting to be able to no, put him onto the battlefield. The discard clause dictates that your opponent has to control the discard effect. But anyway, what's next? Uh, Liev Sky Knight. One colorless, white-blue, uncommon, 3-1 human knight. 
it flies. Uh, when the Sky Knight enters the battlefield, detain a non-land permanent. An opponent controls. An opponent controls, that's true. Not that you're going to want to detain your own stuff, but... Uh, yeah, awesome. I like him. This, yeah, I mean, 3-1 for 3 is... I mean, one toughness is never that good. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's pretty aggro. It's pretty... I mean, yeah. it's built to be pretty, pretty deep, pretty attack. This is a good follow-up to your uh, Stealer of Secrets on turn three. I understand this is also a three drop, but if you go like turn three, Stealer of Secrets, turn four, Lev, Sky Knight, mm-hmm. get in there with your your yeah, just detain Scroll that. Thief variant. Yeah, you're good. Next up is Mercurial Chemister, which is a name I just cannot stand. <laughs> Why isn't it just Chemist? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why it pisses me off. Uh, three colorless, a blue, and a red. For a human wizard creature, he's rare. You can pay a blue, tap him, draw two cards. What? Oops, did I say he's a 2-3 two, two, yet? You didn't. Okay. Uh, you can tap a red, or you can pay a red and tap him, discard a card. The chemister deals damage to target creature equal to the discarded card's converted mana cost. Absurd. What's up? Yeah, did you hear me sneeze there? No, you you covered it. I muted my microphone, isn't that sweet? That was impressive. Yeah, it's like I got the little button like with sportscast. <laughs> so, Absurd. five mana for a 2-3 sucks, but the fact that if he <laughs> survives to the next turn, you can either start destroying your opponent's creatures or... Drawing infinite cards. Drawing two cards at a time, like... Yeah. Hell yeah. For one man. I, I, I think this card is probably going to be a little bit of a trap. Like, I don't know if I'd first pick it necessarily. Uh, I think it's easy first pick. Really? Just the upside of it is too high? It's so high. I don't know. It just, it just, <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't need any other cards to win the game, right? It's just, it wins by itself. Just the fact that it's a five mana card that doesn't do anything until turn six means that if there's... I mean, there are going to be games where this is not good for you. Like, if if you're playing against a very aggressive deck, you you could fall behind, and this is not a card you're going to want to like spend a turn casting. You know, what kind of reminds me of is uh, Burglar of Willis. Oh, that's a great comparison. <laughs> the Guiler of Wills. The Burglar. <laughs> All burglar right. of Willis, man, yeah. my brother is a legend. Yes. Uh, next up. Uh, Nivix Guild Mage, a, another Guild Mage. It is blue red, uncommon human wizard, two two. Uh, one colorless in a blue red, draw a card then discard. Two colorless in a blue red, copy target instance or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets. Uh, I don't not think, as good as the last yeah, one we discussed. Not as good, but but fun. Like the last, is it Guild Mage? It was also kind of like not very good compared to the other guild mages, you know? Yeah, just the stuff the blue-red does is more constructed applicable than limited applicable. Now, the fact that if you have six mana, you can loot twice. Pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. If you have eight mana, you can copy an instant or sorcery twice. That's probably out of the realm of possibility in most limited games, but it is worth noting. Like, none of these guild mages require tap to do their stuff. Right. So... With, All of these abilities, if you have the mana form, you can do them multiple times. With infinite is, blue and red mana, you can have infinite instants or sorceries. Yes. Don't or know how you, you do you that. Could but. <laughs> draw your entire deck if you wanted to. So. Sure. All of these things are very good if you have infinite blue and red mana. <laughs> Figure out how to do that, and you got yourself a deck. 
Well on your way. Uh, next up is Niv Mizzet Dra- Draco Genius. That's a sweet word, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> How do you become a Draco Genius? Can I like go to college for that? Yeah, you go to the college of Niv Mizzet. I don't. Know. All right. He he's the dean. Dean Niv Mizzet, Dean Draco Genius. Anyway, two colors, two blue, two red. Legendary creature, dragon, mythic rare, five five flyer. Whenever Niv Mizzet Draco Genius deals damage to a player, you may draw a card. And he has another ability that says pay a blue, pay a red. Niv Mizzet deals one damage to target creature or player. So, the fact is, when you cast this, you pay two blue and two red. That means if you get to untap with no other lands, you get to deal two damage. Two damage to target creature or player. Now, if you hit creatures, you don't get to draw cards. But if you're doming players with one or both of those ping jobs, you're going to draw cards. Ping job, you like that? Yeah. Uh, you get to draw a card for it. So, on top of the fact that he's a 5-5 flyer for 6, Niv-Miz, Draco Genius, is a limited bomb. Yeah, I got a question for you. Okay. Which Niv-Miz do you like better? Now, the other one was a 4-4 flyer for the same mana cost, right? Yeah, you tapped it to draw a card, and whenever you drew a card, it dealt 1 damage to target creature or player. Yeah. I think this one's better. Yeah, this one's probably better. It's a five. It's a five-five versus a four-four, which makes a difference. It controls the board. It can attack as well as use its ability. Yes, that's the big so, thing. Yeah, but I do. I do have a soft spot for the original Niv Mizzet. I have an EDH deck with the original Niv Mizzet. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played against that one? Yeah, it's a fun deck. That that's my fun. That's my favorite one. Yeah. it's just all the silly sh- like control magic and redirect spells. And I don't know hijacking spells you can fit into a deck. Yeah. It's probably not very much fun to play against because it's mostly like I'm gonna control that spell or I'm gonna control your creature or I'm gonna redirect your spell or I'm gonna redirect all spells. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Rakdos Charm, black, red, uncommon, instant. Choose one. Exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Destroy an artifact, or each creature deals one damage to its controller. This is the worst charm. Ooh, for limited. Yes, that, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, yeah. Now, against white-green, each creature deals one damage to its controller. That could, that could end the game right there. That could be just an I win I win the game spell sure. for two mana. It could be a Lava Axe or more. And the fact that it's also just a fine sideboard card that can destroy yeah. artifacts think, means yeah. that... It's, gonna, it, it's, it's funny, all three of its uh, modes are sideboard, you know? But limited sideboard, too. So, like, yeah. the first one is good against black-green. The second one is good against... Well, actually, I don't know what artifacts, what guild it's good against, but it's good against artifacts. And the third one is good against green-white. Yeah. So, see green against your opponent, you might want to side in Rakdos Charm. Who knows? Yeah, seems decent. Next up is Rakdos's Return. X, black-red for a mythic sorcery. Rakdos's Return deals X damage to target opponent. That player discards X cards. I have a problem with this card. Okay, shoot. Why is it mythic? Yeah, I mean, it's got kind of that mind twist. Yeah, it's like a fire. Wits end. I mean, it could have been a rare. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that. It feels so much more rare than mythic to me. I mean, it's it's fine. I, I, See, I like when they print, print mythics like this, because this card isn't going to be like a $40 mythic. This is just going to be like a $5 mythic. No, this will be a $0.10 cent mythic. Okay, fine. But that's fine. <laughs> they need to print bad mythics, too. Yeah, I know. Or and mythics that aren't do. up to that power level. They always do. But, yeah, I mean, it's a better... Uh, what's the new Mind Shatter? Or Mind Shatter? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but let's my say chatter's terrible. So what? What's what's the mana cost you feel you'll most often be playing this for? Uh, Four, five, seven. So, I mean, you got to think I'm your gonna opponent's going to be playing opponent cards. I think I'm going to kill my opponent with it more than try to get value off making them discard. Oh, see, I, I feel exactly the opposite. When I see this card, what I want to do is I want to deal them two damage and make them discard two cards. Like, I want it to be a, a bad Blightning. Ugh, I don't want to play that card in my deck. I want to take that card out. Well, I, I just think that... I'm not saying I want to play it, but I feel like that's going to be the most correct usage of this card most often, is when your opponent gets down to however many cards... Like, if they get down to two cards and you have the ability to cast this where X is equal to two, you should probably just cast it. Yeah, I think that where it actually gets value if you're trying to make them discard, is at for five. Uh, okay. At, at four, I don't think that it's worth the mana cost. I don't know. It's a two for one that deals two damage. So it's kind of like a two and a half for one or a three for one. Blightning was barely playable and limited. Barely playable? I thought Blightning was, it was pretty playable. It was fine, but it wasn't yeah. amazing. Like, I don't know. It, it feels like... I, I, I'm okay with playing this card, though, because if you draw it late and you just have like a million mana, it's like, oh, sweet, I win. You know, instead of like, because it can be, it can act as both. But I think that more often than not, I'm just going to cast my spells and then use this to just lava axe them. Rick's Mahdi Guild Mage. Black red for a human shaman creature. He's uh, an uncommon. This is the black red Guild Mage. You can pay a black and a red. Target blocking creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. You can also play a black and a red to have target player who lost life this turn loses one life. So, solid. The solid. The blocking creature thing is awkward. Like he only works in combat, which kind of sucks. Like if your if your opponent decides not to block, you don't get to use the ability. Although if they decide not to block, then you can make them lose a bunch of life with the second ability. So, the two abilities work well together, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, all these guys are playable. They're all two twos for two with tremendous upside. Yeah. But I don't know. So far, black green is the top. Yeah, I mean, in a in limited where creature combat and like dealing damage with creatures is important, being able to give plus one plus one and intimidate is pretty sweet. And the second ability that guy has is also very powerful. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the white green one because that one was insane in R- original Ravnica. Yeah. Well, speaking of white green, next card: Selesnya Charm, green white instant uncommon. Choose one. Target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains trample until end of turn. Or exile target creature with power five or greater. Or put a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield. This is this the best seems... <laughs> This is insane. It's really good. Yeah. And what was the first one we talked about? Azorius Charm? That one is very good, too. Yeah. Is this one better? I think so. Uh, I mean, it, makes, it can make a creature or kill a, a really... Difficult to deal with creature, or like punch in that last damage, or save a creature. I don't know. It's so many yeah. things. Jesus. The the pump the pump ability. The first mode of this helps you deal with small creatures in combat. Mm-hmm. The second ability deals with large creatures, and the third one is just like, well, if neither of those is good, like I love that. I love how all of these have. Well, if nothing else, like if neither of the other modes works, I can always just do X. I can always draw a card. I can always mill or loot two. I can always get a two two white knight, and the knight has vigilance, and you can do you can put a two two knight onto the battlefield at instant speed. Like yeah, so you can trade with a two two or whatever. Yeah, this this probably is the best one we've seen so far for limited. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good. 
Yeah. Next up is Slaughter Games. Two colors, a black and a red for a rare sorcery. Can't be countered. Name an on-land card, search target opponent's graveyard hand and library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Fucking dumb. Well, I mean, they print one of these every once in a while, whether it's, like, Memoricide or the original one was Lobotomy. But, yeah, not, not important for limited. How annoying is it, though, that the last gold set had almost this exact card in it? It's kind of annoying. Why, why waste the spot? Whatever. What was that? Thought Hemorrhage? Is yeah, that that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's keep going. That card, you're not going to play Slaughter Games, or you shouldn't play Slaughter Games. Never. Sluis Sway Scorpion. That's a weird name. Two colorless, green-black, common, 2-2 two, two Scorpion. It has Death Touch and Scavenge for one colorless, black, green. This card is awesome. Yeah. Super solid. Every card with Scavenge is solid, and this one is no exception yeah now i mean with that said do you feel like of the cards we've seen so far do you think golgari is the best guild based upon what you've seen or do you think one of the guilds is better than the others or i think rakdos might be the best why do you say that because the the ability seems the most powerful yeah i think you're underrating how your the can't block ability like you're not yeah, I, I get I get that hard enough about that. That's true. That's true. But, but uh, anyway. just the power level is really high on those guys when you drop them. I mean, yeah. I mean, so far but, there haven't been that many spoiled. And yeah. Anyway, let's let's keep going. I just wanted to get your kind of gut feeling as far yeah. as which guild you thought was the best. I think it's um, either Rakdos or Golgari, though. Probably. Interesting. Okay, both of the black ones. Uh, next up is Sphinx's Revelation. This is a mythic rare at instant speed. X, white, blue, blue. You gain X life and draw X cards. Oh, boy. That's so, a good card. Uh, I, so it, I, it, I, it costs four mana to draw okay, one card okay. and gain one life. I'm sorry. That's a good card in the broad scheme of magic. We are talking limited. Uh, yeah. Pretty medium. Limited, I mean, if you pay five mana and get to draw two cards and gain two life, that's I'd rather have a... Uh, what's it called? Just a divination. Yeah. Draw two cards for three mana. Yeah, I agree. So I I don't think this card is a is a high pick at all. Correct. It's kind of trap. Yes, but what's it's next? it'll be sweet in I don't know other ways. Uh, next supreme verdict. Uh, another card I hate. Colorless white white blue. Um, rare sorcery. Supreme verdict can't be countered. Destroy all creatures. Why do you hate this? Um, it's just another constructed more. So I every card that says, oh, every, I mean, every set has a wrath effect in it. Okay. Yes. I, the, the reason I hate this is just the way that it's designed. It's not what the card does. It's just every, every, there's so many cards in the set that say can't be countered. It well, just, there's a cycle of them in rare. That's why like each color combo has one. That's why I know, but I hate it. It's just, I just don't like that. I don't like, uh, it's not like you're playing against counter spells anyway. I know. I just it it bothers me on a deep level, not the like playing level, but on the like design level. Like it seems like such a cop out. Like just to say like, oh by the way, this type of card doesn't work for right now. I don't know. Well, this is a supreme verdict. This isn't any verdict, Jeff. This is the most supreme of verdicts. All right. I don't know. I don't. I think you're. I mean, I, I don't see why you care. I guess that's like it, I, I it understand. It bothers me. It doesn't like. 
it, it doesn't I don't actually care in a like when I'm playing. It's just like reading it like rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't rub me the wrong way. I'm just totally indifferent to it. Yeah, okay. But anyway, it's a next up, it's good. Yeah, yeah, you're going to play it. Next up is Trostani Celestia's voice. Uh, it costs green, green, white, white, legendary creature dryad. So this is the last in that cycle, or maybe the next in that cycle. Mythic rare, 2-5. So 2-5 for 4, that's pretty good. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. And you can pay... Colorless, green, white, and tap Trostani to populate. So this card is a plan. Yeah, it seems okay. <laughs> I think it seems good. What do you? I mean, I just okay. Know. I don't like these green, green, white, white, black, black, green, green. These mana oh, costs sure. are terrible. Sure, I mean that's but that's you pay the price to get this these powerful effects. Like right. the fact that you gain life every time you play a creature. Like yeah, it doesn't say when you when you play a creature token, like when you populate, like you did, like you don't have to be abusing the populate mechanics just to be gaining a bunch of life off of this. Meanwhile, you have a two five blocker for four. Like this card is very powerful. Yeah, mana cost is prohibitive, but it's it's still very good. No question. I mean, the card is powerful when you play it. I just it looks like a seven mana spell. It's hiding. Speaking speaking of very good cards, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, Vraska the Unseen. This is our other planeswalker. Three colorless, black, green, mythic rare. Uh, it is starts at five loyalty. Plus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to Vraska oh, the Unseen. Until your next turn. Oh, that's what I meant. Until your next turn. Whenever a co- creature deals combat damage to Vraska the Unseen, destroy that creature. Uh, I guess we'll talk about it one at a time. That's so pretty that, damn good. <laughs> yeah. So. If we we talked about this earlier, like a lot of times you play a planeswalker, your opponent immediately shifts into I need to kill this planeswalker mode. Now, if that involves them attacking your Vraska all out with their entire board, all of those creatures are just gonna die. Yep. When they deal damage to her. Mm-hmm. So Makes it at, the really... very, at the very worst, you plus one her and you've wrathed their board essentially. Mm-hmm. Alright, moving so, on. Minus three, destroy target non land permanent. We've seen a similar thing in Karn, which costs seven. This costs five. Yep. Uh, so that's absurd. It's, I mean, how often are you, do you think... I mean, you're not going to do that especially often in this set, unless you're, like, staring down a detention sphere or, like, some other enchantment or right, whatever right. that's really boning you. Yeah. The uh, ultimate's the hilarious part. This is great. Uh, so minus seven. Put three one one black assassin tokens onto the battlefield. I wonder what they do. Uh, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Hoyo! <laughs> That's just hilarious. Um, she, yeah, this is like the Planeswalker I've been the most excited to play with in a long time. Yeah, because you, you know that you're just like going to, for the ult every time. Yes, I don't think I'm ever going to destroy an online permanent with this in a limited game. We're just going to be plus one, hope she survives. <laughs> plus one, hope she survives. Plus one, hope she survives. Get to seven, make some assassins. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I do the wait till I get her to eight so I can keep her and, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just want those assassins as soon as possible, and then I want to... I don't I don't know how, but I want to get those guys in. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway. Ridiculous anyway, <laughs> bomb. Very, very good. Wayfaring Temple is next. Uh, one green-white for an elemental rare creature. Star Star, Jeff's favorite power toughness. Oh, yeah. 
Wayfaring Temple's power toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control whenever it deals combat damage to a player populate. It's pretty so, cool. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely going to depend on... like the, the populate seems good if you can abuse it, but it really matters just how many other creatures you can get on the board when you play this. Because mm-hmm. it's like Crusader of Odric showed us in M13. Just a star star that's number of creatures you have doesn't really matter until it's like a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. So, let's get into the hybrid cards. Okay. Uh, Blister Coil Weird. It is a blue or red mana. Just one. Uh, it's a 1-1 one, one Weird. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, uh, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn and untap it. This card is weird. <laughs> ah! Uh, yeah, it seems like a build-around-me kind of type card. Kind of a Delver of Secrets. Yeah, I don't like this card very much. No, it's it's probably gonna be... If you had some sort of aura that you could throw on it that, like, let it tap to do stuff, then you could convince me to play this card, but I don't think I'm gonna play this card. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Next up is Cryptborn Horror. It's black-red hybrid, black-red hybrid, and a colorless mana. He's a horror creature, he's a rare, he's a 0-0 trample. Hmm, how does that work? Cryptborn Horror enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, where X is the total life lost by your opponents this turn. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a, it's kind of like a, um, a Bloodthirst, or what is that card? Was it Bloodthirst? Yeah, that's right. A Bloodthirst card. So you attack in, they lose some life, then you play this guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is. And it's not extremely exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's playable, though. Yep. Uh, Dryad Millicent. It is a green-white hybrid for a 2-1. Dryad Soldier, uncommon. If an instant or sorcery would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. You aren't flashing back any of those instants or sorceries. Wait a second. Yeah, wrong set for that. (laughs) So it's basically a 2-1 for 2 unlimited, which is okay. I mean, anytime you would have played a Savannah Lions or... Yeah. What's that that soldier guy called elite vanguard elite vanguard that's when you play this card so yeah keep that the cool thing is is that it's green or white so right it can be a, a green it's it's actually strictly better than a savannah lions yeah we haven't awesome. seen that in a while uh, uh growing growing ranks is next uh-huh two colorless green white green white so green white hybrid green white hybrid so four total mana for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep populate so, if you have a lot of creature token producers, this is okay. Again, it's one of those cards that when you play it, you have to understand that for that first turn, you're actually not going to get a creature. You have to wait till your next upkeep to get something. So, it's a little slow, but I think if you're in the creature token deck, you're going to play this card. Yeah. It's like a, f- a free creature every turn. Yeah. Howling creature mine. All right. Judges familiar. White, blue hybrid for a 1-1 bird. It flies. It's uncommon. Sacrifice it, counter-target instant or sorcery spell, unless its controller pays one. This card is sweet. Yeah. This is even good and limited. Mm-hmm. Just because if you slow down all their instants and sorceries by one turn because of this card, that's that's good. You're winning. Yep, <laughs> you are. Uh, I like it. Um, next card. Next up, Niv-Magus Elemental. A blue-red hybrid. This is the other one-drop. For a 1-2 elemental creature, he's a rare. Exile an instant or sorcery spell you control. Put two plus one plus one counters on Div Magus Elemental. So the way this works is the spell has to be on the stack. Yeah, so you don't get you its to, 
Yeah, so you cast something. It, le- it basically lets you, instead of like casting something, you can trade an instant sorcery spell in your hand for its mana cost and putting two plus one plus one counters on this guy. Boring. It seems kind of bad. Like yeah. I think most of the spells you play in limited are spells you want to resolve, and this creature does not let them resolve. Now, if you play a spell and someone says counter it, you'd be like, okay, well, in response to that, I'll exile my spell and put the counters on. Like That's where this guy really has value. But, but that's not uh, going to happen. Yeah, that's really not that important. Uh, Rakdos, Shred Freak. Uh, black, red, black, red. Uh, two, two mana, so two hybrid mana. It's common. Human Berserker, two on haste for two. Sold. Yeah. I'm, I'll play that. I'm in. Okay. Next card. S- Slitherhead is up next. Uh, black, green hybrid for an uncommon 1-1 one, one plant zombie creature. And it has scavenge for zero. So this is like where Scavenge really has to pass the test. Would you play this card in, in Limited? Oh, yes, I will. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Doom Traveler. Yes. And, and this is the card that like feels so perfectly designed. Like It's hard for me to play a one-mana 1-1, one, one, and this, this is how you do that. Like it, I don't know. I just love it. So yeah, you chump block with it, and then once it's in the graveyard, you get to give one of your other creatures plus one plus one plus one as a sorcery eventually. So it's very cool. Yeah, very similar to Doom Traveler. This will be maybe as good, but probably not. Probably not. Uh, Artifacts. Yeah, Chromatic Lantern. Uh, This is a rare three-colorless artifact. Lands you control have tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. I'm going to first pick this card every time. Every single time. Yeah. Easy. I mean, I can't wait to first pick this and then just draft four color monstrosities every time. Hell yes. So this card is very good. It fixes, it ramps, and it fixes in such a ridiculous way. Like, it fixes everything. Yeah, you play it, and now, oh, wait, I can cast every spell in my deck now. Yeah. Ah, So so good. Very good. Piving Needle is up next. Reprint. Rare Artifact for one colorless. As enters the battlefield, name a card. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. You're not going to play this in limited Ever. unless there's just like one card you absolutely cannot deal with. But even then, like you're probably better off just hoping you don't play against it. Yep. So Moving. leave this in the sideboard. Tablet of the Guilds, two colorless artifact. It's uncommon. As Tablet of the Guilds enters the battlefield, choose two colors. Whenever you cast a spell, if it's at least one of the chosen colors, you gain one life for each of the chosen colors. It is. I'm not going to play this card. Yeah, I think this is getting close to the the point where a card like this is playable, though. Like they, it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's unplayable. I just this is not a card I I would want to play. I do not like cards like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. It's just it's just interesting that they're finally pushing the power level of these garbage cards to the point where maybe it's playable. Yeah, but well, they have to keep testing us. They have to keep putting skill testing cards in. Yeah. So. Lands, I kind of just want to skim through them. There's all the there's the rare cycle of shock lands, blood crypt, hallowed fountain, etc., etc. Those are very good. They're rares. I don't think they're super high picks necessarily, but they are fixing, so you are going to take them pretty high. Yeah. In a format like this, the guild gates are all common, so you're going to see a lot of these. They enter the battlefield, tap. They, they might they even tap. be better than the duels too, depending on your deck. Mm, well, they're gates. And it's, yeah, I mean, it depends on how relevant gates are. Yeah, but. They, they enter the battlefield tap, and they tap for two guild colors. So that's one thing where, like, there is no... 
No, do they have the black? Oh yeah, they do have like overgrown tube. Never mind. So yeah, they're they're good. You're gonna see a lot of them because they're common, but you're gonna snatch those up highly as well because you need the fixing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, listener, this you are going to need the fixing for this set. Yeah, you can't like, wait till like tenth pick for this. You, you're not no. gonna table these cards. You have to take you, them early and often. And if you think you're just gonna get by playing two color decks. You're probably doing it wrong. Like you should probably be splashing at least one color in formats like this all the time, if not two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, so those cards are important. But I want to talk about this other, uh, the other two lands that are not just duels. Yeah. The first is Grove of the Guardian. This is a rare land that can tap for one, or you can pay three colorless, a white, a green, and tap it, and tap two untapped creatures you control. Sacrifice the Grove. <laughs> That's a lot of jump through three hoops. Yeah, put an eight-eight green and white elemental creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield. Ah, that's why you're jumping through so many hoops. Yeah, that's very good. Mm -hmm. So a five mana eight-eight vigilance at the expense of tapping two creatures and sacking sacking a land. No, it's it's always going to be played in your green white decks. Yeah, so if you're green white, you're going to slam this card again. But I don't. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of Hellion Crucible. I don't think you necessarily first pick this card every time. Unless the pack is just kind of boring, mm-hmm. but Imagine it is very populate good. with that shit. Jesus. Yeah, exactly, and that's the real reason why. Maybe this is a high pick because of populate. Because if you do crack this, get the eight eight, and then you populate once, then you have two of them, and like I don't see how you lose that game. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it is a first pick. All right, last card to talk about: Transguild Promenade. Uh, it's a common land. When it enters the battlefield, uh, you have to pay one or sacrifice it. It, it enters tapped. And it taps for a man of any color. It is Rupture Spire. Exactly a functional reprint of Rupture Spire. And Rupture Spire was sweet in the last multicolor block. This card will be sweet in this multicolor block. Yeah. This is a high pick. Fair. You will first pick this out of the occasional pack. Yep. Or at least I will. I'm me too. I fucking so, will take fixing all day. That's it. There's also plains, islands, swamps, mountains, forests. You're going to not take those cards highly, but you will play them. All the time. Uh, All right. With that said, we, we've been going at this way too long. This is a long episode, but I'm glad because we haven't had a podcast in a while. Apologies for that, listeners. Uh, but we'll, we'll start, we'll start potting out. a good amount more when, when this set comes out. I promise. Yeah, well, and the, I want to pod some more leading up to it. Uh, but I think we're pretty much done with M13 at this point. I might squeeze one more forcing the issue in with Ryan or Jordan or someone in the next couple weeks, but... It's going to be mostly Ravnica talk from here on out up until the pre-release and uh, GP San Jose. So keep tuning in. Uh, let's wrap it up, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, you can reach us at eastwestdraftcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find this on Facebook, East West Draftcast. Take a look. Uh, we have a website, eastwestdraftcast.com. Uh, we post all the podcasts there, sometimes extra content. And we are on Twitter at EWDraftCast is Greg. I am at Jeff EWDC. And that is everything. That's it, man. That's everything. You can get a hold of us. I know. And you should. Send us some feedback. Uh, let us know. We kind of glossed over a lot of these cards. So if you have any specific questions about any of the cards, we might have kind of just ran through real fast. Shoot us an email or send me a tweet, and uh, we'll try to address it in the next episode. 
otherwise, that's all I got. I got to get going, Jeff. I think I think it's time for me to leave. Me too. Let's sign off. Draftcast out. Yeah.